Boom, 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 boom. What's going on, Mike? It's Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The Mike and Miss Show. Mission accomplished. Second night in a row. What's up, dude? What's the deal, man? You know, we were just talking about Batman, right? Why the hell does Batman have that stupid-ass voice? Oh, Batman. See, I, I think... What is that stupid shit? See, I think in the 80s when Michael Keaton set the tone for Batman, he was like, I'm Batman. He said a cool, smooth, kind of a whisper. Christian Bale came around and was like, what did you do with the girl? Where's <laughs> the, the drugs? You know the what I mean? worst superhero or anti-hero, whatever the frig you want to call him. It's the worst Dish. voice. I don't know why people <laughs> stick with it. They should change that shit immediately. The next yeah. person that plays the 17th iteration of Batman needs to change the voice. No yeah. more of that stupid to, ass voice. You know what he should have is a Rhode Island accent and call it people would be, fucking stunads. He'd be like, hey, hey, where's the drugs, you fucking stunad? Well, it'd be better than what they're doing now. I can tell you that. I hate All that right. dumb voice. Yes. Welcome to another show. Welcome to the Mike and Miss show. Mission accomplished. MMA and bare knuckle podcast. It's your favorite thing to do on a Thursday night. We have four fighters for you tonight two guys that are going to be fighting in jackson mississippi in a couple weeks we also have two fighters that are going to be fighting in schenectady new york next week uh we have quentin henry ready to go he just dropped off but he'll be back in a second yes um he will be fighting chris sorrow january 29th in jackson mississippi bkfc fight night following quentin will be alan belcher of UFC fame now BKFC fame. He made a made his debut a few months back against Tony Lopez in Biloxi, Mississippi. He will be fighting again next. Uh, I don't know two weeks from now against Bobo O'Bannon. That's a big. That's a that. No offense to Tony Lopez, but that's another big step up in competition for Alan Belcher. That's going to yeah. be a great fight. Great fight for him. And uh, then we're going to fight and we're going to talk to Mendy Chukalevsky. And Kyle Glashin, who are both going to be fighting at Cage Wars 50, January 21st next week. With that said, I think we got Quentin ready to go here. Let's go ahead and bring him in. The hero, Quentin Henry. What's ready, up? guys. All right. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Reason, once y'all started the broadcast, it, it was like putting the voice in slow mode. It sounded like I was tripping. Like, oh, am I freaking out did right you, now? Because um, y'all were just talking a, normal. Did you do a whip it right before we started? No, no, someone threw something in your drink tonight, bro. You can't just do one whip it, I know, you do all of them. <laughs> what they tell yeah. me. Oh, I like where you're at. So, you hear, you know what I mean? Listen, so I hear maybe my sister used to go down to the head shop and flirt with the guys behind the counter and get boxes of whippets and crackers and balloons, and maybe I'm right. making that up. I don't know. I had a cousin that had a problem with it, you know, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Speaking of, have you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen the show Intervention? Oh yeah. yeah. There's a woman, right? So I live in Rhode Island, so I, I feel like this episode because it's very, to me, it's silly. I feel like it's a, it's like a, a crazy thing to be addicted to. But uh, there's a woman who lives in Newport, right, or lived in Newport, and her episode was about canned air, like the like the duster you use for your keyboard. Yeah. You ever see that one? And That's she would like just like, bits, isn't it? yeah, it kind stuff. of is. Yeah, she would like buy out the WalMarts and shit around here. She just buy every oh, yeah. box, and then she would it would just kind of yeah. creep up from the bottom of the screen during the show. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and at one point That's she was funny. like i yeah. feel like i'm walking on sunshine 
Yeah, I think I've seen that. We had a lady here in town. I, you know, I was a firefighter for like nine years. But we had a lady here in town that would like, it was every so often she would just have a whippets trip in the parking lot. <laughs> and like, it's something about when they start it. They like, if they've got 20 cans, they're going to do all 20 right then or whatever. Oh but like, she whipped it out in the parking lot too hard, bro, and was unconscious. And somebody called the cops. Like, it happened like five or six times, I bet, in a year. We Damn. found some people like Jeez. that just were like, I don't know. I don't get it, but you know, whatever. <clears throat> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well that's a nice conversation to start off right. the night here I yeah like damn things you got never weird know. quick yeah like, man, Quentin knows a lot about whippets <laughs> so i mean Kyle. i think we all know too much about whippets and the amount of brain cells you know what nice course banquet there you go that's what? johnny that's johnny lawrence style right there i was drinking it before he was <laughs> <laughs> um no nah, so Maybe, maybe my buddy Enrique might have uh, rolled up to my buddy Kirk's house when we were seniors in high school with an entire tank of uh, nitrous mm -hmm. and right. um, was running the balloons right off the tank there. And he may have turned blue and passed out in the driveway. I don't know. Maybe maybe <laughs> right. that happened. Mm -hmm. Maybe it didn't. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Quentin Hero Henry fighting Chris Sorrow January 29th right. in Jackson, Mississippi. Man. How are you feeling? Last time we saw you fight was against Jay Fish, and you looked better than ever. You were in fantastic shape, and you uh, dispatched of your opponent very quickly that evening. How are you uh, doing since? Man, I never really stopped. You know, once uh, the train was going, we never quit training camp or anything. Sorry, just make sure my phone's plugged in. We, um, you know, I, I went straight back to training. You know, my hands were a little sore after that last fight for about, you know, a couple weeks or whatever, but I didn't really take much of a break. And then, um, you know, I was immediately trying to get on another card. So we instantly just started, you know, right back with what I was doing. Um, you know, so it's not a whole lot's changed. I just feel like I've improved, you know, I've just gotten better since the last time because, you know, all the things that we were working on up until the fish fight weren't things that we were doing just for him. You know, the things we were doing were just to make me a better fighter. So, you know, I'm just having more time to practice it. And, and I got to go in there and use a little bit of that and the, in the ring and, and, uh, you know, fill myself out a little bit more. So now, you know, we're just having fun with it. We didn't talk to you since that fight. So when that jab hurt around the world, when you landed that thing, how did that feel? Because I, I, I feel like people still talking about that shit since it happened. I do that all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not, um, you know, I, I do that a lot in sparring, um, you know, but it's not just a jab. I'm not, I'm not sitting there waiting to hit him with the jab. I'm 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 reacting to what they're doing. So I mean, if he would have came a different direction, he would have caught the right hand. So um, you know, it uh it felt good, and I mean, you could tell I really enjoyed it because I gave him a little holler afterwards. You know, because it was like, whoa, I know that shit hurt. <laughs> and, uh, a lot of power you know, in does, that jab, man. Yeah, because I mean, I can't even see it when I throw it. So um, it just and it's I'm I'm I'm. I'm not saying I'm not seeing it, but consciously I don't see it. You know, I'm just reacting. And, uh, you know, when it lands, it even surprises me a little bit when, uh, but that is something that, uh, you know, I've always just stuck behind my jab like that. And, uh, you know, I learned a long time ago and I just think, you know, in that last fight, the difference is, you know, I finally, after the leaving fight, I started to believe in myself a little bit and, uh, and believe in what I could do. And, uh, you know, I just watched, that fight that I had with him for as long as it lasted, it was pretty even until I got dropped and couldn't see anymore. And, uh, but I was fighting like garbage, 
I was fighting just nowhere near like I know how to fight. I was embarrassed just by it, you know, and I was, I was able to hang with him fighting and at my absolute worst, he couldn't do shit with me at my best. And, uh, that's what you saw with Jay fish, you know, um, I just think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's just coming together for me at the right time as far as my skills and my maturity and, and, uh, you know, just kind of accepting that this is my time is, it's, it's a big part of it. I feel. Yeah. And, uh, since the last time we talked to you, um, the current 205 pound champion did lose a fight, but didn't lose his belt. So right. I don't know mm-hmm. where that stands in the midst of things here, but I would imagine that you and Chris are right there at the doorstep for a next shot at that 205 title that still resides mm-hmm. on, uh, Hector Lombard's shoulder. Uh, have you heard anything about Hector? Like any any word out of Hector? Any word from the bosses saying, uh, you know, you show another performance the way you did against Jay Fish. Uh, you got that shot. Any, any conversations like that? Yeah, that's what I'm being told is that after this fight, you know, if I go out there and put in on a good performance, then uh, that I should be fighting for a title. You know, that's nice. what we're looking for. Um, I'm in line for that. Um, I think that a lot of fans have been calling for it. Um, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that's going to say that I should get it because if I was me looking from the outside, I would say, well, you know, he lost and then he came back. He had one fight that he won. You know, I don't feel like one, one victory is enough. You know, one fight winning streak is enough to really warrant, you know, a title fight. Granted, unless it was against an opponent that was, you know, number one contender or something like that, you know, it's not like I'm fighting bums, you know, it's like I lost to Chris Lieben. It's not like, you know, I got, I got handed by some can that nobody knew. So, um, but I'm not one to, to, you know, uh, feel like I have to have a certain thing. You know, I feel like at this point, it's hard to tell me that I can, you know, especially if I go in there and I take, I fight Chris Saro and beat him, you know, uh, he's on a two fight losing streak, but at the same time, you know, he's dropping down from heavyweight, you know, he's a big guy and, um, the same thing fish did to me you know he's undefeated at heavyweight comes down to, to fight me um but you know i'm i'm welcome to all the challenges you know um especially some of these guys that are really heavyweights um you know because i'm not i'm not actually a heavyweight i make 205 rather easily like i wake up that morning like last fight i woke up the morning me and my coach went to the beach and we hit mitts for like 20 minutes and then i went back and i was 205 you know, and I was just sitting around all day. Like I drank some stuff to like, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I went, I'm like, I'll sweat a little more just so I can drink something, you know, so I made weight easy, but that must be you nice. know, I think Jay fish, he didn't make weight until like three hours after the official weigh-ins was there because he wasn't, he's not a two Oh five. And uh, not, he's definitely not a two Oh five. Either he's, he's not a two Oh five or he just didn't do it the right way. You know, if you're that big, you've got to be pretty disciplined with it. And, uh, you know, I think I joke about this all the time and I put pictures up and hashtags, you know, and I tell them, you know, I'm all killer, no filler. And that's true. You know, every ounce of body weight I got is the whooping ass. There's no wasted weight. And, uh, you know, when you got these guys that are dropping down from heavyweight and they walk around at 240, 250, you know, it's one thing for them to think that that size is going to help them if me and them were just to walk up on a day where they're fresh and I'm fresh. But I'll be damned before anybody on this planet cuts 20 pounds of water weight. What's my ass the next day? It ain't going to happen. I don't give a shit who you are. So, you know, um, and just the impact that that has on your body and having a bad weight cut. 
um, you know, unless you, you'd have to be a whole lot better than me because when I come in there on fight night, I'm at a hundred percent. I'm like, I am on a night that I went to the gym. I'm not showing up, you know, uh, 20, you know, 20 pounds of water. Some of these guys cut that 20 pounds. I think Jay fish was like 240 the week of our fight. So, Jay I mean, fish five pounds in a, in a week. He told and, me that he, he cut the last 23 pounds in the last 24 hours, oh, which God, is fucking bananas to me man i mean I, I don't know shit about that i the the last time i cut weight was high school wrestling 20 hey let me tell you ago. what how crazy on a scale of one to ten how crazy do you think that sounds to you to me to me that, it sounds nuts that, yeah to, like I, give me a number right give I'm, me gonna, a number. I'm gonna give that a nine to, uh, to yeah, lose, and to it's lose probably 24 pounds 20 it's almost probably double. about double that imagine what it would do to your body for you to lose 23 pounds in a day Never. right just that and then the next day you got to fight me. No way. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't do none of that shit. <laughs> I, I know you must. Morning. I'm telling you, that's you know gotta I mean? be that's gotta be such an incredible advantage for you to be so good at your weight and be basically fighting at your walk around weight. That's just fucking incredible because right, like all these big guys days out from the fight and here and you're having a banquet. That's you know, what I'm this is about. part of the diet, you know. But it works, you know. It <laughs> worked it in there. Tempt me. Um, yeah. Andrew Toppin is in the in the comments, and he's asking Dude. us to get you to show the uh, show the glorious mullet that um, you sport. Man, I just got done teaching jujitsu, and I had a hat on all day. But y'all hear the eagles flying? <laughs> it's in the background. You probably can't hear it because of my mic. Whenever I do that, they go like ah! out of the back, and they just uh, come through. They yeah. make sure I'm breaking the windows. A couple here, of bald though. eagles so just we'll made keep, love. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it down. A yeah. baby was just made. Trying to wake up George Washington. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So the last time we talked to you, I think you were building a new gym, right? You were putting the gym together, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, I think I mean, we were in the maybe we were in the office. I don't remember. But yeah, this is my, my gym. Uh, last August, we uh, I had two locations and uh, pre-corona. And then the Corona took a big old Stanley steamer on that idea. And uh, so then, you know, we limped around and I made it through. And then we found this other building that's it's much, you know, great deal. I've got a bigger place. Uh, so I was able to kind of put both of them together in one central location. So, um, yeah, man, it's working out pretty good. Hopefully I get after this fight, I can make it cooler. That's where like all my fight money goes is into my gym. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta put money into it to make money for sure. And exactly yeah, I, right. I, yeah, I think you were also were you starting like a supplement line or a nutrition line as well last time. I have a uh, yeah, I have a nutrition shop. It's Herbalife uh, that we sell teas and energy uh, or energy teas and meal replacement shakes. Um, and then I've got my own line through the Herbalife products where you can go through and buy. It's all the stuff that I use. And, uh, you know, so that was just something I was into, uh, as far as being healthy, you know, and all the stuff that we sell is third party tested. Um, uh, it's not anything that's going to make me flag on a test or do anything crazy or, you know, make my hair fall out. So, um, I actually use Herbalife yeah, shampoo for those that are, that are wondering <laughs> shampoo and conditioner. It's oh, pretty man. good, but yeah, God, man, man. So, beautiful. uh, my life just revolves around nutrition and working out. And that's, you know, that was intentional. You know, um, I did that on purpose. I was always geared towards that. Um, it's always something that I love. Me and my dad grew up working out together, you know, and uh, doing sports and doing jujitsu. And, and that was the way for me to make it part of my life, you know. So all the people that I talk to every day, 
coming in there to get teas or coming in there to get shakes, you know, they come in there and they don't just come buy a product for me. I get to sit there and I talk to them about what they do for exercise and, and ways that I could help them or ways to improve it. Um, and I can kind of educate them on stuff and I'm just kind of a nerd when it comes to stuff like that. So, well, um, you're doing what you love, dude. You're doing what you love. And it's not, it's like, it's not even right. What they say is not even work. If you're just doing what you love, man, it doesn't even right. Yeah. Like I met with my financial advisor, like, I don't know. It was a couple months ago. We were talking about, you know, how much money we're going to put here versus there and this and that. And he was like, you know, when, you know, what, when do you want to retire? And I was like, man, I pretty much feel like I am (laughs) already, (laughs) you know, like I work a lot. I work a lot. I mean, I'm not saying like I just sit around and I don't do anything, but I don't feel like I'm working. And, um, you know, to me, the idea of the idea of uh, retirement isn't not working you know because who wants to do that who wants to sit around and do nothing you know because at that point your life really has no meaning you know i mean i granted you can find the meaning in your kids and stuff like that but um at the same time i gotta have something going i got to have there's i'll never stop doing this i'll never stop working out i'll never stop teaching jiu-jitsu i'll never stop teaching boxing i'll never stop sharing what i know and um the reason is is because it's part of my addiction you know that's how i get better I get better by sharing it with other people. And, um, you know, that's just, just, just part of my life. And I'm fortunate enough now that, you know, people are, uh, you know, like my gym, I really don't make money on my gym just pays for itself. It's its own entity. Um, it just, uh, you know, I'm, I hustle all my money on the side working. Um, I almost feel like, you know, when I spend money that the gym has for, um, anything that's just for me, I feel like I'm, you know, cheating on my students, you know what I mean? Like they're my kids and, you know, so, you know, all the money I get in, I put back into the gym and, you know, in my mind, that's just going to make my students better. And then my students are going to make me better. And then I'm going to make more money as a result of that, you know, just by being a better person and and, uh, a better martial artist. So, you know, it's a, it's a good time. You know, I've set up a pretty good thing. I ain't, I ain't exactly balling, but I'm having a good time with it. You know, I got a sugar mama at home. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's always, always important. a good thing yeah oh yeah eric, eric williams down here he says i dropped 60 pounds in just a few months because of q's guidance so there you go yeah. hard work paying off for, for both of you man and i do i do a lot of, i do like uh uh what is it i do corrective exercise with people you know so like my personal training stuff that i work with my, a lot of my clients are um people that have either have disabilities as far as like you know one lady i had was like 61 and she had had like a double knee replacement and like she was having reactions to the double knee replacement all these issues and she was on a walker and uh she had spent like two years on a walker and when she came to me you know they had told her she'd never walk without a walker again and you know within a month she was walking without the walker within two months she threw it away and then, you know, we're looking back a year after that, she's lost almost a hundred pounds wow. and she can put her shoes on and she can take a bath by herself, you know, and stuff like that. So that's kind of like more where I go towards with my personal training and stuff. Damn. I don't, I don't really like to work with people that already know how to work out. <laughs> I work yeah, more with people that's... that just have no clue what they're doing and, uh, you know, kind of break them into it early because, you know, to me, I couldn't imagine my life without doing this. And honestly, you shouldn't be able to, you know, you shouldn't be able to imagine your life without some type of physical activity because that's just going to be your end. And, um, you know, I might not be the wealthiest person, but if we were going to judge, you know, what your net worth was based on how long you're going to live, 
I'm pretty sure I'm going to outlive a lot of them (laughs) and uh, you know, because I'm taking care of myself. So, you know, you got people that put value in that and people put value in money and uh, you know, I'm just trying to find somewhere in between. That's freaking awesome, dude. Changing lives, helping people out. That's unbelievable. And that's really great for you. Um, You're a much different interview than your opponent. I'll tell you that much. We talked to uh, sorrow the other day and uh, he didn't stop moving the entire time we were talking. He was spin- yeah. he was basically spinning in circles with his phone, uh, hyper as fuck the entire time. He was time. excited, excited, couldn't stop smiling and all this stuff. And like you are even keeled, cool, sitting in your chair, changing <laughs> lives, man. It's kind of funny, bro. I'm just me. I got one gear, and <laughs> yeah, this is just who I am. I'm not good at being anybody else. <laughs> it's fantastic. And, uh, now, you know, it just kind of works that way. Let me ask you about um you and Chris are. You guys cordial with each other? I know you guys were both GOAT combat agency at one point. I don't think either one of you are now anymore. Um, are you still yeah, friendly? No, we're not. Any anima- yeah. I mean, like, are you friendly with each other? Cool? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely uh, – you know, last time I was with him, we were I was in Miami for the fights. Okay. Huge waste of my time. But uh, <laughs> I was there, and me and him spent about an hour lost in Miami walking around trying to find beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, bro, like there's gotta be a store to get beer around here somewhere, you know, cause it was like $7 a pop downstairs. I'm like, nah. So, you know, we're, you know, walked around and he's like, yeah, man, I know where I'm going. You know, yeah. Look, exactly we're going. We got the store down the road. Yeah. And, well, fucking hour later, we're lost as shit. And we finally get back, you know, but man, there a lot of reasons we got lost was cause we were just sitting there talking to each other, not paying attention, you know? So I mean, I don't feel like I'm a hard guy to get along with for just about anybody. And, uh, but me and Chris have always been very cordial with each other. You know, um, when I first met him, it was just random. I ended up on some podcast and he was on there too. And then like, he started talking about wanting to fight me and, but he was doing it like in a respectful way. You know, he was telling me like, you know, i watched that fight with you and Bubba a hundred times, you know, like getting the fight, you would be awesome, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who's this Boyka looking son of a bitch over here? You know what I mean? I'm like, you, you know, y'all know who Boyka is? Come on, man. No, Be a nerd. I, it's like the, a C rated movie. It's like a B movie. It's like, he's like a white Michael J. White. And, uh, I, some, uh, is there a guy in, you know is, there, is there somebody in, it's, it's a movie, right? Yes. Called Boyka. Some, oh, God. Either, Mike, movie? Google it. Pull up the picture. He no, looks I'm saying, like, Chris Sorrow. A, a fighting movie? <laughs> I feel like somebody used to yeah. tell me that yeah. I looked like somebody from Boyka. I, I don't know if it maybe it's just because I'm a shaved head white dude. Boss Rootin is in it. You look like Boss Rootin to me. Sorry. Oh, maybe, okay. maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's... I feel that. <laughs> I get that Boss <laughs> Rootin vibe right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might be offended. Boss Rootin is a very, you know, Muy Guapo. Wasn't that his name? What was he's his name? He's handsome. He's the, he's the best looking guy I've ever seen fight in a Speedo. <laughs> yeah no doubt yes boyka. i know this yeah does boyka. He oh he like does chris? yes he does look like sorry oh <laughs> shit i told y'all that's funny you man. Know, chris is a little more you know got a little thicker in the face you know or whatever but yeah so i thought he was boyka you know i'm like Who's boyka's that's... little cousin over here trying to beat me up <laughs> and uh you know but we we've, we've been uh pretty pretty cordial ever since you know like last time we were walking around i was he was supposed to have a fight in tampa and, uh, you know, he was like, you know, I was asking him, like, what way are you fighting at? And he's like, 205, man. I'm still at 205. I'm like, all right. You know, I was like, you know, I was trying to give him some tips on weight cutting and, and you know, trying to tell him some of the things that I do. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he listened or not. 
And uh, he seemed like he kind of had a pretty good handle on it at his new place that he's at. He seems to be liking it down there. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'm looking forward to the fight. Um, I kind of, I'd rather not like the person I'm fighting usually, you know, but, um, you know, me and Chris, it's not one of those things where it's like me and him are going to not beat each other up, <laughs> you know, because yeah. of, like we both get like, because this was supposed to happen. We were eventually going to fight each other because he was originally, he was a 205. And, um, you know, then he ended up doing the heavyweight thing or whatever. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. I like Chris. I think he's a, uh, he's a dangerous fighter. Um, he does have some power if you don't respect him. And, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I think I'm the best bare knuckle fighter on the planet and, uh, it's, it's not going to be a good night for Chris Saro, but I'm happy to give him a check. Nice. Now down there in the comments, big Ben says, okay, hero, how do you see the fight going? And how do you win? Oh, uh, man, I, I, I like to take the fight into the second round. So, you know, I feel like by the second round, I should have everything figured out and, uh, and we should get to finish by then. You know, that seems to be the plan. You know, you never know though. Um, you know, Chris is one of those guys that, uh, will just come at you. And, uh, it kind of depends on where we end up with that. Um, uh, I'm, I'm ready for anything. You know, I'm that guy that goes in there. My coach told me, you know, one of the best things I've ever heard before a fight, my coach had told me, he looked at me, he said, hey, man, you don't have to know the answer. You're about to figure it out. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, yeah, what the, what am I worried about? Like, I'm, I'm going to be able to figure it out in there, you know, type of deal. So um, if he wants to bang and he wants to just come at me and go, I, I don't think that's a good idea. But um, I think that's probably his best chance. And, um you know, we're, uh, I'm ready, man. I got my dancing shoes on. I'm ready to move. And that's one of the things is I just, I just 100% believe that my footwork is, uh, is able to get me out of anything and my footwork and my head movement can keep me from getting hit. And if you can't hit me, you can't beat me. And, uh, I'm all, it's only a matter of time before I catch you. Now, if you remember the Kakar fight with him, he came out looking really good and then he got clipped by Isatula and things changed. I'm thinking about the way you started that Jay Fish fight against the way he started that Isatula Kakar fight and that first round could be very, very exciting. Very exciting. Oh, no really? doubt. You know, because at the same time, I'm not scared to throw them hands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, if we end up in the pocket and we start throwing down, um, you know, I, I, it could definitely be very exciting, but I promise you it's not going to last very long. Well, Mama, and, Henry, uh, Mama Henry thinks you finish it in the first <laughs> yeah she prefers that there's less anxiety yeah, you know? yeah it ends. Um, but it's hard <laughs> to say you're gonna go out there and just whoop somebody in the first round you know what i mean like i think right. with fish i had the opportunity to finish him and i backed off y'all got to see that um and that was kind of that was not necessarily like you know anything in particular it was just like you know there's no reason to rush this um, she's looking for this that is... yuli diaz every time yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well my guy's not just gonna stand there i promise you we, yeah he's gonna move when they got says when the guy says go so i'm probably not gonna get that lucky uh you know they like trying to get me beat up they want me to get beat up you know they're like damn let's see if we can get kitten beat up it'll make a good fight you know what i'm saying but you know little they, do they know it ain't happening no they, they definitely happening. uh feed you killers for sure and there hasn't been well, a I, yet. that's who i asked for man right. you know we it's talked awesome. about who who I was going to fight, they were asking, and I was looking, and I was asking, and, uh, you know, I don't want to fight bums. I, I don't want to fight guys that are supposed to beat me. I mean, that I'm supposed to beat. You know, I want I want y'all to think that they got a chance. 
I know they don't, but I want y'all to think that because it makes it look even better once they don't. Once we get done and they go, damn, that guy shouldn't even been in the ring with Quentin. That's what I want people to say. And uh, that's my goal every time I fight. It's not necessarily I'm going to go out there and I'm going to knock him out. I'm going to go out there and I want him to say it didn't matter what happened. They weren't fucking winning that fight with what they brought to the table. And uh, and that's that's the way I train and that's the way I, you know, I, I, I work in here. I spar, I, you know, I spar 20 rounds every weekend. Every Sunday I get 20 rounds in and I get, you know, I'll get another 10 to 15 during the week. Um, and, and I'm just constantly working and I'm working towards perfection. I'll never reach it, but I'm getting better. <laughs> I promise you I'm getting better every always, day. Always got to keep improving, man. You never, never good enough. That's a fucking great attitude to have for sure. Always the student. As soon as you think, you know, everything that's when you're screwed, especially in martial art, you're always the student. You know, I see a lot of people, that's how I judge other gyms. You know, like if you go in there and you go ask that coach something and they just think they know the answer to everything. They're always that, you know, this, that I have my guys ask me, I'm like, well, look, bro, this is what I do. I'm like, but let's figure it out, <laughs> you know, and we'll <laughs> work great. through it, you know, that type of deal. I'm, because that's what this is about. It's not about, you know, that, one of the hardest things about being a coach, a good coach. And this is what makes a good coach for those people that are listening is to be a good coach. I'm not teaching you a curriculum that I pulled out of a book. I'm not copycatting something. I'm teaching you how to beat me. I'm showing you absolutely everything that I've put my my life and my work into. And I'm trying to give it to you in a package. And it's not something that was just handed to me. It's things that, that your coach or whoever has gone through and put together. And, uh, you know, at, when somebody appreciates that, it makes you feel like, I didn't waste all that time, you know, when you show them those new moves and you work for them and, and, you know, if, uh, so that, that's where I'm at with, with the coaching and, and working through fighting. It's just, when I get done doing bare knuckle, I'm going to do some jujitsu stuff, but I'm always going to be sharing my craft and I'm always going to be working with people. You're a warrior, man, for sure. People love you. They love your confidence. They love your whole style, everything about you. We're going to drop your uh, sponsors at the bottom here and do a quick speed round with you and then let you get back to doing whatever it is you have next on the docket for the evening. All right, here we sure. go. Speed round with Quentin Hero Henry. Number one, catch up on eggs, yes or no? Nope. Hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. Number two, Louisiana. Hot sauce and cheddar cheese, man. I put salsa. You like salsa on your eggs? I do. Like I could do salsa. Yeah, my mom. My mom's into the salsa. I like salsa on my omelet. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two. What decade produced the best music? The nineties. Easy answer. God yeah. damn. It's what? good. All the way around. So, what? You got like, I All mean, even around. if you go through rock, you got Metallica, Pantera, you had, uh, and then even, you know, um, then you, you got go through grunge rock, Nirvana, yeah. Pearl, yeah, Pearl Jam. That's usually what I'm rocking yep. is a lot of that. The man, rap. Come on, the 90s. Oh, man. Rap music Tupac, in the 90s. Biggie. Tupac, uh, Biggie, Wu Tang, DMX, uh, R&B. Just everywhere r&b boys to men come on i mean everything was good back everything about the 90s was everything fantastic answer number three this is an important one for everybody what ninja turtle had the best weapon i was always donatello i was the one with the bow staff the purple one yeah that was me (laughs) that's it all three of us picked that because we do these questions when we're writing and we talk to each other about what we think you're going to say and what we're going to say and a bow staff three for three 
I said, bow everybody, I, I said, I, th I feel like most people would say the sword, but the most practical, the best weapon out there is the bow staff for sure. Yeah. Even Napoleon yeah. Dynamite used the bow staff. Like, hey, I'm pretty good with nunchucks too. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I was always the bow staff guy. That was me. That's fucking awesome. Number four, Mike. What is the best Christmas gift you received during the holidays? This year. This past holidays? Yeah. What'd you get? Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, I got these awesome seat covers for my car i know that doesn't sound much but uh they like look like they're part of the car they're like i don't know yeah i got some good candy yeah like <laughs> i had to take the whole back seat out of the car to put these on like when you look at my car it looks like i got leather seats so that's oh, cool. nice and i mean i have a dog if y'all follow me on instagram i got my dog jenny she's actually like right over here taking a nap while i do my interview but <laughs> She literally goes everywhere I go. So uh, she loves the the seat covers too. That was that was kind of a big gift. So that protects my car. Nice. Outstanding. Last question. Favorite fan story so far in your career? Fan story. Yeah, as in like yeah, a, yeah, like a fan do something crazy for you or you or you have you a, did something for them. Just uh, something that hey, you like. How about man, this is great. How about brawling in the middle of fans during Birmingham? Man, that wasn't cool. <laughs> No, that kidding. guy, that guy, <laughs> that guy, man, I have, uh, I wish I had more fan interactions to be honest with you. Um, I had a guy the other day, this was, this was like one of the, the weirdest things and it's kind of, I guess it's probably going to happen more because I guess now I'm kind of trending on YouTube or whatever. And, uh, it's becoming more frequent that like random people that I have no idea, like I've never met, they'll be like, Hey, I see you on YouTube last night. Like, <laughs> And I'm like, maybe like I watched you fight. I'm like, really? You did? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, so like I'm at my goats got out of my yard the other day. I got goats and uh, they were in my neighbor's yard and some guy was over there doing some job for him, you know, and he was like, hey, man, and I was walking by, grabbing my goats. He's like, I watched you fight last night. I'm like, He's like, oh, yeah. I was like, did I win? Surreal, man. Did, did, I <laughs> I like, did I win? And he was like, yeah, it was with the ball guy. I was like, oh, yeah, I beat his ass. I'm like, yeah, good. You liked it? <laughs> he was like. Yeah, man. He's like, I just saw you on YouTube last night. He's like, what are the odds? It's like, you're right here. Well, I'm like, pretty damn good. You're at my house. Like, that's where I live. Like, you know what I mean? We're going to throw a dart at the statistics on that one. Uh, man, I mean, I've got, I've had, I've had some super strange um, DMs come through. Um, uh, probably not appropriate to talk about out loud. You know, um, I've had, you know, a lot of, a lot of things like that. My, my favorite thing though, is, you know, when I get to meet the kids or I get to meet the fans that are like super excited. And that kind of is one of my favorite things, especially when I go around to like little boxing events. And I've been doing a lot more of that here lately, being involved with the local community, as far as, you know, going over to Shreveport with my coach, Jake, he puts on a lot of fights and stuff. And, and when I get to go over there and like the younger kids kind of get to look at me, like I used to look at those pro fighters, you know, and then they get to come take pictures with me and stuff. And I try and help them out and give them tips. And, you know, that, that's what I like. Uh, that's probably my favorite thing about the whole deal, because I feel like that makes the biggest impact. You know, like those kids are, are going to remember that more than anything. Well, you know, when you are whipping ass like you are, you're rocking a mullet like you do. You come out dressed in the Apollo Apollo Creed uh, red, white and blue outfit to I am a real right. American type shit. What's not to like about that, man? If, if and you I shake would, your hair and eagles fly. 
You yeah, are. man, I'm yeah. just a product of my childhood. You know, I grew up being proud of my country and being proud of being, you know, American and, Damn fucking right. and, and where I'm from. And, uh, you know, that was always instilled with, into me my whole life. And, uh, you know, so in, in my opinion, I live in the greatest country ever and there's nothing that we couldn't we couldn't handle. And, uh, you know, that's the attitude I take in there with me to fight, you know, so um there's plenty of people that go out there and do real fights, you know, like go fight in war, you know, and what I'm doing is just playing, you know, so if they can go out there and do that, then uh, I shouldn't have a problem going out there and, and fighting and putting on a show and maybe a lot of them get to watch it, you know, because I know I got a lot of fans, a lot of military guys that like to watch some bare knuckles. So, um, you know, I, I, I get to do my part to kind of help them out. Outstanding, man. Yep, Hell you were yeah. loved by many. Uh, Quentin, we got your specials at the bottom there. Why don't you take a minute, shout some people out, say whatever you got to say, well, and then we'll let you Brad go. Bell Insurance Group, the fighter's friend. Y'all are familiar with them. Armed Forces Group and Construction, Tractor Chiropractic, PH Farms, and then the Fuel Factory. Uh, a huge shout out to all those guys. Um, I'll be back on, bro, after the fight. We're going to get back on. We got to do the deal. Um, you know, I'm part of this new crypto thing that's going down, should be the spokesperson for this new, uh, private equity fund that's going down. So, you know, we've got some big things coming up, you know, hopefully, uh, we'll make everybody a part of them. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on. We cannot wait to see this fight January 29th in Jackson, Mississippi. Everybody tune in, get the app if you haven't already. Uh, Quentin, you got a referral code on your IG? Probably, uh, right? What do you mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, from, on my IG B, for download yeah. the app. Yeah, the BKTV app. Yeah, it's in my bio. Yeah, yeah. You go click if you don't, that, if you don't have the it. app yet, people, go go to his IG, click on the link, and get the app. Help yeah, we would put it right here if we had the ability. That's where it would be. Yeah, but. we would, but we'll put that in later. <laughs> <laughs> I can get it so fast, and I can get to bring it up. <laughs> no, we'll just put it in later. Just, just hold your right. finger up there for a second. Boom. That's good enough. Done. Done. Consider nice. it done, man. Thank you very much for coming on. You're always a good time, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Take it All easy. Right. Take it Here easy. Thank out. you. That is hero Quentin Henry, man. That dude's fucking awesome. Everything about him's cool. I don't, I don't, you know, how do you not be a fan of Quentin Henry? For Christ's sakes, the dude puts know. on a show every time no he comes out. Idea. You're not, you're definitely not American. I can tell you that. Yeah. Looking at you, Joe Ivy. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Susan Walker, um, I have been in the same boat as you, especially being home, like quarantined for the last two weeks. Last night we had a show, but there was an Invicta event, and I ended up watching the event, and it was a breath of fresh air to see some goddamn combat sports on the fucking TV. Uh finally. It all turns around this weekend. We got UFC fight night this weekend, followed by Cage Wars MMA next week, followed by BKFC the week after, as well as UFC 270? 270? 272? What the fuck? What number are we on? 280. <laughs> it's the Nganu. It's the Nganu Cyril Gun. Yeah, Nganu's fight in this month. So, you know, combat sports are back. 2022 is finally kicking off, and I am excited. Yeah, BKFC 270. Thank you, Big Ben. Um, shout out to to Quentin Henry for, you know, being the guy that he is, man. He he really cares, and he takes care of a lot of people. Yes, Obviously, does. his gym doesn't sound like a business. It sounds like, a, you know, basically a clubhouse where people go 
to hang out and get better at what they love. So, you know what I mean? Good for him. Good on him. Helping that lady out, dropping a hundred pounds and getting her walking again. It's like yep. stuff like that is just hey, really great. awesome. Really great to hear. Good man. stuff. I love it so much. These are the best things though. You, we, we've, we've gotten to meet all these awesome people. <clears throat> They're fighters. Some of them become friends, but like you get to learn about their lives and all the people that they help. And you, you don't know what you're going to get. You could talk to somebody and then you get a story and like, holy shit, I never knew that. And uh, I think I actually saw Eric William in the comment comment section. He's like, oh shit, I never knew that. So I don't know if it was Quentin told us something that he didn't know. So like, he's the guy he's with every day and he still learned something, you know? So I think it's awesome. Yep. Fan, he really good dude. I mean, a lot, and you know what? His opponent, Chris, we get along really well with Chris. Chris is a New England guy. We've never had a bad interaction with Chris, but no, Chris drums up. He's our man. second interview ever. Right. He, like, um, live interview. Chris drums up some hate for some people. I don't know what he's yeah. done to rub some people the wrong way. He does have a chip on his shoulder. It might just be the New England kid in him or something like that, but maybe, maybe we're all a bunch of assholes up here in the Northeast, but we get along with them. They, they seem to get along with each other. So it should be a cool fight between a couple of friendly guys that are uh, for sure going to try to beat the shit out of each other. So that's a great time. Um, Mike, if you have contact with Alan, if he's going to yes. be a few minutes, is he going to be a few minutes? Well, he said he was just finished okay. training so, and uh, that was a little bit ago. So I think he's going to be popping on in just a few minutes. I was going to say, you want to do uh, everybody's do favorite step, yeah, everybody's favorite it. segment, <laughs> Stoon out of the week. Hey, <laughs> we Damn, have, son, dude, Look we at have these people. four fantastic, fantastic uh nominees tonight first off we have i'll just give you, you a go quick through one. it kyle because uh you put this together today i was in work kyle has been out of work because he got the covid yeah yeah yeah. so uh, so uh, i do i do know the stories but i don't know the names so, so the lady it. all the way to the left there all the way to the left the nice smiling brown haired brunette with the black shirt and the green and black blouse she is a school teacher who uh, was arrested and charged with oh God, reckless endangerment endangerment to a child when she put her fucking kid in the trunk of her car because the kid tested positive for COVID and she got pulled over with her child in the trunk of her fucking car. This <laughs> oh, is and this is an um, this is an educator of the of the youth yes. of America right here, people. Yes. That lady that's smiling. Her name is Sarah Beam from Houston, Texas. Let's make her famous, Stunad. Number two, we'll go over to the judge over there to the right. That is a judge who uh, resides in Michigan, right? I forget what her name is. I'm going to come up with her name here in a second. Um, Crote, Sutton Crote. I don't know, but she's a she's a stunad because you know what this lady did? She what'd um, she do, Kyle? Yeah, she uh, she shamed the 72 year old man who's dying from cancer. Uh, she charged him a hundred dollar fine and said if it was up to her, she would throw his ass in jail because he should be ashamed of how long his grass is in his front yard. No neighbors should ever have to look at grass like that ever. And oh, she don't, and grass. she don't give two fucks about his fucking stage four cancer. Fuck him. She would throw him in jail if she could. Wow. Of the week. What hey. a not. Yep. Number three, everybody's favorite wide receiver, Antonio Brown. You know, he, he threw his temper tantrum. He ripped his shirt off. He ran off the field. 
in the in the middle of a game last week against the New York Jets. But that's not all, folks. He goes on to trash everybody who's given him a helping hand along the way. His boy, Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, got him a job in New England when nobody wanted his fucking wild ass. Got him a job in New England, let him stay at his house up there. He only played a week, only lasted two weeks on the on the team. Why? Because Belichick don't put up with that shit. Cut him. You know, two seasons later, Brady's in Tampa. This guy still don't have a job. You know what happens? Brady talks Bruce Arians into bringing him in on a minimum contract. This guy's making $960,000 a year to play football for the defending Super Bowl champions with incentives to make two, $3 million if he just plays. No, he's been a fuck up all year long. He ends up storming off the field like a kid who got his toy taken away in a temper tantrum. And then he goes on to shit on everybody and burn every bridge that he had along the way. He's a fucking student candidate if I've ever seen one. And the last but not least, that Tabasco sauce hiding model there. This is my favorite. She <laughs> is a model. This is so ridiculous. This is an unknown model. The name has not been. That's not, not actually her in the picture. That is not her. I just grabbed an Instagram model because I thought that was nice to look at. So that is the Instagram. That is a Instagram model who shall remain nameless. She had sexual relations with one Drake. You know, one certified, certified lover boy, Drake himself. So Drake has sex with this woman. He goes in the bathroom. He has a routine that he does where he takes off the contraceptive and he pours hot sauce into it, ties it up, throws it in the garbage to stop anybody don't want, from Don't want anybody getting that, uh, that yes. money maker, the so little money maker. This chick goes into the bathroom, opens up the contraceptive, pours it <laughs> into herself, and fucks herself up with hot sauce in her vagina. Now she is suing Drake for putting hot sauce in the condom that she was trying to steal and forcefully impregnate herself with the certified lover boys. boys. Ridiculous. What a fucking stunad. I got to tell you, this has to be the, this has to be the cake taker. Mike, is it the school teacher, Sarah beam? Is it Sarah beam out of Houston, Texas, who is an educator of the youth who threw her kid in the trunk of the car and got a reckless endangerment to children for fucking, having her COVID positive kid in the trunk. Is it yeah. Antonio Brown for being an absolute fucking stunad and burning every bridge possible? Is it the judge that said, fuck you and your fucking stage four cancer, old man, mm -hmm. cut your goddamn grass or go to jail. Or is it fucking Tabasco puss herself? Who do we got? Who's the one? All right. So here we go. Number one, Antonio Brown is still rich and he'll continue to make money if he wants to. So he's still not, he can do whatever the hell he wants. He's an asshole, but he's not the stunad, right? Number two, Hot sauce lady. I mean, here's the thing. She's trying to get rich and she's doing whatever she needs to do to become rich. That was the one time she goes, Drake's stuff is over here. I'm going to take that and I could have his kid and get, you know, $100,000 a month in, in, in friggin' uh, child, <laughs> child <laughs> support and child support payments. Uh, from with this her Tabasco idiot, baby, yeah, from the idiot judge who likes to charge fucking old men and wants to put them in jail for not mowing their lawn. But you know what? There's plenty of asshole judges out there. She still has her job and she's still going to be an asshole. She's a friggin' moron. She should be fired, but she isn't. But I think that if you have a teacher who we trust to watch our children, to teach our youth, 
And this moron puts her kid in the frigging car while she's driving. So she's endangering this child. She's got this kid who has COVID, who's probably already somewhat <laughs> frightened. We don't know because I'm sure that this idiot teacher is one of those COVID frantic morons Obviously. that run around and they're like, oh, right? <laughs> she got to have him. She got to put her kid in the damn trunk. It's your goddamn kid, you idiot. So she puts a kid in danger, right? She's obviously probably putting other people and other people's kids in danger every day. She goes to this place to go get tested. And then she also loses her job. I mean, she's on administrative leave. But listen, she should be fired. She's probably going to be fired. So now she's ruined her life. And she might even, who knows what's going to happen with her kid. I mean, what a damn moron. What a fucking stunad. You know what? She is. I want to give her one of these, huh? Get over here. Give <laughs> one of these. Right in the kiss <laughs> she one of these. Give her one of these. Bang! She is a fucking stunad. Sarah Beam of Houston, Texas. You are the stunad of How the week. How dare you? What a fucking loser. How hey, dare hey, Mike, you? Mike, I don't know if you saw this in Cobra Kai Season 4, but uh, I noticed it. Amy noticed it. Amy actually sent me a screenshot uh -huh. video of it. I know who it is. Yeah. I know did exactly. y'all hear someone get called a stunad on season four yes, of I did. Cobra Kai? Yes, I did. I'm telling you. The does she say the Marissa Tomei lookalike? Yeah, yeah, the Marissa Tomei lookalike. She called yes. Louie a stunad, right? The, co right? the cousin Louie, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. How do you guys How do you guys like that segment right there? Did we, did we pick the right one? I think we did. I mean... Who hasn't been I thrown think so. in the I, Listen, you twice, put the kid right? in danger. You're supposed to be protecting these kids. You're supposed to be teaching kids. You're an idiot. I mean, come on. <laughs> what the? F you live with this kid, too. Like, what are you doing? You put this kid in the closet while you're at home? I'm not understanding. Unbelievable. Yeah, that shit fucking... I mean, that... There's What's up, animal. Travis Thompson? The animal yeah. himself. Her child was third. I didn't see that part. Her child was thirteen. She Unreal. had a third. She had a thirteen. Thirteen year old in the damn so Trump. This thirteen year old should have been. That's like, not as bad, I guess. At this, but point. I mean, but I'll that thirteen year old. old that thirteen year old's a fucking stunad too for letting his yeah. letting her mom put her in the trunk or him him in the trunk, man. That's Listen, you're a product ridiculous. of your environment. This kid is probably all fucked up. Yeah, this head. this kid's already fucked. Oh my god, I mean. I mean, oh God, he is a stew nod. She looks you know like, what? She, she looks I'm, like I'm a nice sure lady. She, <laughs> she I mean, does yeah, look like, it's a, yeah, well, whatever. I mean, you ever hear you anything? Can't judge a book by its cover, right? I understand that she is the stew nod of the stew nods of the week, of course. But that lady with the hot sauce is one ballsy fucking. What? Is, oh, that's a fucking. Yeah, she's definitely a stew nod. I mean, they're all stew nods. Did you see what Kodak Black did? No. He's not so he much do? a student. Kodak Black uh, went to a professional hockey game last night or the night before. Had a, like a, you know, uh, what do you call them? A thought? He had a thought with him. A thought? That hoe <laughs> over there? <laughs> he had a thought with him, right? So he's he's watching the hockey game yeah, live, live on TV. You, he can be seen with this chick bent over the fucking seat in the, in the uh, skybox booth. Just railing away on a nationally televised. Really? What yeah. yeah. What is going on? <laughs> this world is becoming a friggin' madhouse. Oh god! You ever ride in the trunk, Mike? Have I uh, rode in the trunk? No, I never have. Actually, I was never the guy that said yes. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Big Ben says at 13, I wouldn't fit in the trunk. Big Ben. Yeah, Big Ben. I don't think you would ever fit. In I would the trunk. say third grade was the cutoff for Big Ben getting in the trunk for sure. 
Sure. Big Ben had a sidecar. His mom had a sidecar <laughs> to help when she was pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> man. Good thing. <laughs> yeah, Big man. Ben. Good thing your mom. Good thing COVID wasn't around when you were a child, huh? Your mom would have had to have a trailer off the back, <laughs> strap you to that shit. Oh, uh, dude. Yes, yeah, fucking. Only. I rode in a trunk a few times though, only to get into the uh, Mansfield Drive-in back in the day. We used to go up there. We'd stop about a you know a couple hundred feet down the street from the entry to the drive-in movie theater. The two people in the front of the tr- uh, car would pay for the two of them to get into the drive-through, and we drive in. You know, open up the little flap in the seat that goes down, whoop, and then crawl back through. You got to do what you got to do. You know, I wouldn't be doing that. I ain't doing that shit. You wouldn't be doing that, huh? No, I'm no, I'm all set. I never did it, but you know, hey, you crazy man. I remember we used to try to fit as many people into a fucking car as possible. So we would have. As many, we'd have two people in the front seat, four people in the back, maybe a person in the trunk. You know, if we got to get somewhere, we got to get somewhere. We don't feel like walking. My nephew's saying the problem that, having that I shut cars. him and my other nephew in the trunk all the time. I don't <laughs> I don't remember doing that. Uh, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, so, so, so let's get uh, – Let's get Mendy in here Let's and then we'll 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 circle back to Alan Belcher in a little bit. If you want to shoot Alan a message real quick to let him know that we're gonna bring on our third guest and we'll yep, um well we'll do happening. He, he can let us know when he's uh when he's done training and we'll um we'll bring him in. All right, with that said, we have our second guest of the evening. He is a 175 pound or 170 pound powerhouse out of cage wars making his second trip to the cage on january 21st uh i can't remember who he's fighting mike who's he fighting who's his opponent come on here we go bam it's right here we got northern mccullough northern mccullough sorry kyle you sent me to do a job and i was doing it well do you fucking damn you all right northern mccullough you are correct well his name is mendy chukalevsky and he's making his second trip to the cage January 21st. Here he is, folks. What's happening, sir? How's it going? What's going on, man? Good, I'm good. Mish. That's Mike. This is the Mike and Mish show. Mission accomplished. Nice. To good meet. to have you on. Good to be here. You said my last name correctly, so that's a plus. Is your name not Mendy? Mendy? The, the last name, Chukaleski. Chukaleski. Hey, but you got it. All right. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I, when you told me that I said your last name right, I thought that insinuated that I said your first name wrong. No, no, you said that. That <laughs> one's usually easy. <laughs> oh, uh, that's awesome, man. Well, hey, you know, me and Mike are going to be up there on the 20th and 21st covering the weigh-ins and the event. We're really looking forward to this, looking forward to meeting all you guys and seeing one of the Crazy Wars events live. Um, we went back and I watched your debut fight uh, against Lewis melendez and i gotta tell you dude when they were introducing the two fighters coming out right i'm gonna pick on ben field for a second here those guys were sweating your opponent's nuts like bad right they're like he wakes up in the morning and has abs and he's like the you know i wish he was almost on a wheaties box i think they said yeah I, i i wish i could be in the shape that this kid's in bro you we're a professional bodybuilder, right? <laughs> like you, you looked like you could run through a fucking stone wall and they're talking about your opponent. And then the fight happens and you just like 
powerhouse wrestled the shit out of him the entire fight, ground and pounding him in his ribs the entire time. Uh, it would have been nice if you could have done some real ground and pound, but you guys were doing the novice amateur rules. So one or two more fights, and I think you could start pounding people's faces, right? Am I wrong about this? Were they sweating your opponent? Were they downplaying you in that de debut, Ben Field? Were you? So it was. It was because he already had one fight, so they uh, knew. You know, he had a lot of hype coming into it, and they didn't know anything about me. So I'm kind of in the same situation now, going into this fight. I don't really know much about my opponent, besides that he's a wrestler, I guess, and he's a jujitsu blue belt. Um, so I'm sure they're going to be talking me now, you know, and <laughs> I'm talking to my opponent. So, but I didn't mind it. No, it's just, I, I knew what I was in there to do. And I believe wrestling wins over anything out there, I guess, because at the end of the day, the fight's going to end up on the ground and the better wrestler controls this. So now you've been a wrestler your whole life. I wrestled. Yeah. Throughout high school. Uh, I moved to the United States in 2006 from Europe. I was 12. So then I started, you know, getting into sports. I played soccer a little bit. Then I started wrestling. Uh, and yeah, I did bodybuilding when I was 19, 18, 19 for five years or so till 25, 26. And then I went back to basically jujitsu and wrestling and striking. I've been striking for a couple of years now. So that's where I'm new at. I've never striked before. I'm getting better at it every day, but my wrestling is basically where it's at, man. I want to take it back just a little bit because oh Kyle's talking about, you know, that fight and them talking up your opponent and they weren't the only people talking up your opponent. Cause if you go over to tapology, right. And I just took a screenshot real quick while he was talking about this and we had talked about <laughs> it earlier. Look at this. I remember that, yeah. 13%. <laughs> now, it's at 24 people. It's not a, like thousands of people here. But yeah. first of all, add that together. That's 101%. Doesn't make <laughs> sense. So I don't get that at all. But what I do get is that 13% of those 24 people thought that you were going to win. And nobody fucking knew how. If you could really. I mean, look at that. Nobody fucking knew. They're like, I don't know. I'll just fucking yeah. flip, flip a three-sided coin. That's I don't funny. know. And look at that, 88%. So uh, how does it feel to, to fucking everyone is like, ah, I don't think this guy's going to win. And then you take it. I mean, that must feel good, no? Yeah, honestly, I don't. I had no idea any of this. I had, I guess, uh, <laughs> Luis went to Tiger Muay Thai, like in Thailand, to train for this fight. I, I didn't know. I didn't even watch his first fight, to be honest with you, until like the last week. My girl was like, you might want to see a fight. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to go in there and do my thing. Yeah. She kind of convinced me to watch it. So I watched it. And then, you know, I just, I didn't know, you know, when I went in there and take them down and that was, that was it basically. Especially he, my first one, you know, get my feet wet a little bit, see how it is. And this one's going to be a little different. So we'll see, I guess. We have a, we have a boxing coach in the comments that says, but did you get shot? Have you ever been shot before? No. <laughs> no, okay. All right. Yeah. Our guest last evening told us a story about getting shot by his baby mama's uh, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Baby mama's brother. It was a wild, crazy story. If you want, go back and watch it. It was fucking nuts. Mm -hmm. Um, and Ben Fields says you're a bear wrestling motherfucker. Um, so you don't know much about Northern other than he has a, a name like Northern, which is interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, he's a young guy. I know that. Like 22, I think, maybe. 
Uh, I think he's a blue belt. That's what I've heard. He's a blue belt, one stripe in jujitsu, and he likes to wrestle. But I don't think he's wrestled in high school, so I don't. I don't know what that means. That's just that's just what I've heard. Mm. But it doesn't matter, honestly. And whoever it is, I'm just gonna go in there and do whatever I do. And yeah, I'm looking forward. So are you? Um, are you looking to um, try out some of the new striking that you've been working on, or uh, if? You know, you know, this kid's a wrestler. He wants to try some wrestling with you. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't suggest it. After watching the first one, I used to, I mean, I was, I was only a high school wrestler 22 years ago. So, but I wouldn't suggest wrestling you. You were good, after, though, Kyle. You were good. You were good. Yeah. You good. Yeah. Whatever. Good enough to join the army. That, that was, I got one of them army scholarships where, uh, I had to go sign up for a, a sign up bonus and then serve the country instead of getting free college. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was real. No, nah, I was all right. But um, nah, man, I was watching it and and I would say like transition. He kept uh, in, in your first fight, Melendez kept trying to transition and, and like shrimp out and like, dude, he couldn't get it. He couldn't get out of your grasp the whole fight. So you definitely showed power. You worked his you worked his ribs. There was not a lot of stand up in that first fight. That's why I was wondering if you were going to try to implement some of your uh, some of your new tactics or just do what you know works. Yeah, I'm definitely going to stand more with them this time, just because I want to you know test out my stand up. Last one, I don't even th I I think I threw like one strike. If you watch the fight, there's like one or two strikes. So, and it was all literally all wrestling, you know, took him down and I couldn't strike to the head. So this is my other fight. So after this one, I think I can strike to the head on the ground and no shin guards. So now, that, that's going to change the game a lot. I think. Mendy, how old, thing. how old are you? Me, 27. You're 27. How long you, you said you've been doing martial arts since, since you were 12. How long? So I've been training. I've been an athlete my whole life. Martial arts. Um, I wrestled all throughout high school. Um, so four years after that, total of six years, I would say I've done martial arts overall. But I've been training, you know, working out, lifting. I've been an athlete my whole life. So I'm involved in any aspect, honestly. You moved to the U.S. in 2006? Yes, sir. Yeah. And it took you, I, I feel like, so I listened to your interview on Cage Wars and you said it took you about six months to learn English. Do you understand? Like I've been trying to learn Spanish for like 20 years. But you don't live there. That's the thing. If you and I'm horrible. <laughs> yeah. How the hell you do that? When you're in the environment and people are speaking it around you, you know, you, you pick it up faster. So you don't, you you basically don't have a choice. So like if you right. were, if you were somewhere where they only spoke Spanish and you had to, you had no choice. You know you would have to pick it up. So first it starts with you know I I would understand what they were saying, but I couldn't say it back to them. So mm -hmm. like I would mm -hmm. get it like I like I would get what they're saying and I would look at them like crazy. Like I I know what you're saying, but I don't know how to how to put the words to say it back. And then you learn it after a while. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I pick still... it up, I guess. Um, you know what, uh, Mike, yeah. we had a, so we had a, a, we have a couple Polish soldiers that were in our, our unit. Um, one of them has retired. The other one just got promoted, but Mario Zaluski, Mike, he didn't come to America until he was 19 years old. Never spoke a word of English before he came to America. 
we served with him for a long time, you would never know. He spoke like fluent, like he had a little accent, kind of like you, yeah. like you do. But right, I'm, I'm like, man, how long have you? Like, when did you move here? I thought he was gonna say like, oh, when I was like five. Yeah. No, he was like, oh, I moved when I was 19 years old. I came over here, and uh, you know, I've been here ever since. I'm like, Jesus, dude, wow. is that scary? <laughs> Like, Jeez. is it kind of scary if you go somewhere and you don't know what anybody's saying everywhere you go? You just kind of feel like you're like, damn, man, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Nobody can understand me and I don't understand anybody else. Like, how weird is that? Yeah, it's weird, man. Shit. Jeez. And Americans are assholes, too, I feel like. They're impatient all the time and stuff. Like, I, sometimes what I get is- so aggravated living up there in uh, Rhode Island. They're so mean. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's Ben asking about? What's this fat cigar? What's that? I don't know. Smoking. He's always smoking. um what do you do hey what are you doing do you have a a full-time job when you're not training what do you do for a living yeah i do construction i'm a welder so by trade i weld uh, nice but i'm also a plumber so like the company i work for is a heating cooling company and when they need welders basically on a job they send me and i go weld and right now we're doing plumbing, so I'm literally new construction plumbing right now. Nice. So you're doing ACs and stuff like that? You weld in the, the lines for the AC? Just the pipes. We weld just yeah. the water pipes or like the gas pipes, things like that. Nice. I'll yeah. tell you right now, welder welding. I told my nephew this. I said, man, go go get a trade, become a welder, because there are few and far in between nowadays doing that trade. And like my buddy said he's got one on call. Like if he gets, if this guy gets called to a job, uh, it doesn't matter if it takes him 45 minutes or it takes him five hours. And it, if it's off time, if like, if it's off hours and he gets, he gets paid for like 10 hours, yeah. he gets like $1,200 to show up and do a 45 minute job because you called him when he's off hours. I'm like, that sounds like crazy, yeah. the craziest shit I've ever seen. I know. Yeah. Yeah, right here. I think Joel's actually the guy that was telling me about gas pipe welding. Big smoke portal yeah. portal. Yeah. <laughs> they just had this big job now that opened up in Canada, I think it is. I just saw it. It's like a three month job. I think it's like ninety grand or some shit like that. It's like on a pipeline. I think it's just straight welding on a pipeline. But I think it's like you got you literally work in like twelve hours a day or fifteen hours, some crazy shit. Well, it's like and and isn't it like underwater welding like a huge money? I don't know. Like I heard that's rare. Yeah, yeah. that's more on the coastlines, like down by like Florida or like Virginia, where they have the ships and shit. But yeah, that is. I haven't looked into that yet. Maybe down the road, I don't know. But that's yeah, that's that's a different beast because you gotta you gotta go through the whole diving program and all that and get certified. On top of your welding certs, you know. Yeah, and you can't drown, which yeah, is a big. That's, that's important. That's pr- very important. So Benfield just said, "Ask him about the picture I just sent you," and this is the picture that he is speaking of. <laughs> Tell that's, us about the picture. That's my training partner, actually. Right now, this was 2009, maybe. The one uh, flying. The one flying is my training partner. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's what, like 215 now, maybe? Yeah, I'm 190. So, yeah, man, that was that was great. That was an off season tournament. <laughs> he was waving at his mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. Yeah. Right before you dump him on his head. Yeah, yeah that's funny. <laughs> 
Oh, that's freaking great, man. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to this event. Uh, what was your first Cage Wars experience like? You made your debut a few months back. Um, you're about to make were, – were, was there a certain level of nerves that you uh, had going into that one that you feel like you have, shaken, you have shaken them off going into the second one? So how it was, man, so there's literally nothing, and then I get thrown into the UFC basically. That's how it felt with me for me, you know, because you get all the interviews. They were taking pictures, and it was like a UFC style weigh in, and it was all like crazy. Like when I see it, you know, on the TV, and it was literally right in front of me. So going into this time, I know what to expect at least now, so I can, you know, mentally prepare myself better. Um, as far as the fight, you know, that's just I grind, I train every day, you know, so that's that's not a problem. I go in there and do my thing and get it done. You know, you know, but, that's gotta say, know, yeah, sorry. That's gotta say something about the organization that you're fighting in. There's a lot of amateur organizations out there, but one that runs it in a professional style like that really prepares you for your future. When you do make that step to a bigger professional organization, you're not blinded by the fucking bright lights and the big crowds and the scary, you know, the scary nerves of the, the big televised weigh-ins and all that shit. That's a, that's a huge shout out to cage wars on that oh, one yeah. for, for prepping you guys. Right. Absolutely. When I first started training and I asked who I should fight for, you know, and all my training partners, they all said, you know, cage wars was one of the best ones around. So, that's literally who I went with first time and looking to stick with them, you know, for a while and see where we go. You, you could see the development of their organization too. If you go back in their earlier events to now they're on their 50th event. Yes. And like you said, it looks very professional. The cage looks great. The, uh, the commentary is locked down now. They, they, just the whole presentation is, is pretty fantastic. That's why me and Mike are very excited that we got invited to go up there and super excited. Know, do what we, we get next to do. week, baby. Hell yeah. yeah they're great, man. What they do with the videos and the, you know, the pay-per-views, I have a lot of people that can't make it. So they get it and watch it. You know, I have family overseas that, you know, they want, they watch it too. So it's great that they, they can stream it, you know, so people that can't make it can actually see me perform out there, you know? Yeah, and even like the camera work, like the camera, yeah. the quality, the 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 camera work is very professional compared to some of the other televised amateur events that you can watch. Where like the I don't camera, even know the, if, there, if there are any, are, are there televised? They're they're well, they're, they're live streamed. Like if you you uh, can you can like live stream them on YouTube or live stream them on Facebook or or wherever Twitch or wherever yeah. these organizations are streaming their events. A, a, a lot more way more times than you actually the camera gets blocked by someone or it's behind a fucking beam or like you miss on it's just like cage wars does it right man and if you go on youtube and rewatch their fights you'll see what i'm talking about for those who are in the chat yeah no i agree for sure yeah man so and I'm, I'm glad i'm gonna be a part of this 50th and i get to keep my gloves too they just said that maybe i shouldn't have said that <laughs> <Even now. laughs> is there gonna be like a commemorative like 50 on everyone, or yeah. something? oh man i don't know i'm not gonna say they, anything else do they, <laughs> they normally take the gloves back is that something that's yeah that happens they, they, i didn't know that yeah 
Well, I didn't know that was like a rule or like, I just figured you're using the gloves, you're sweating all over them and shit. They're getting used. So they're not new anymore. You know what I mean? It's like giving someone your underwear. Like, yeah, hey, can I have that back after you use that? <laughs> oh man, I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> you could sell them on the internet. Like, uh, only fans, girls sell their farts and shit. You could sell these gloves and, and yeah, make- you know, these gloves, I ate a hot dog. I punched them in the face and then I whacked off with these. <laughs> and now you can have them. Yo, that, that lady with the kid in the trunk, man, what is going on? <laughs> Oh my I don't know what somebody like somebody used to go and fucking put her in a trunk and roll it down a fucking like, mountain. Oh man, I couldn't <laughs> Is that too that. far. That's yeah, man. I hope you enjoyed that segment. That's a segment yeah, that we man, no, that's funny. <laughs> we, we we introduced Do Not of the Week a few months back, and it's uh it's been a hit. You know what I mean? We love I love scouring the internet for the four biggest fucking morons in the past week and then exposing them for how dumb they are on the internet, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's fun. all right man hey so many why don't we do a speed round with you it's gonna be uh five questions off topic maybe some of them are fight topic but um it's it's to let the audience get to know your personality a little more so they can become a bigger fan of yours and i am assuming that your your goal is to go pro at some point maybe maybe uh tuesday night contender series or something like that is, is in your future because you know We've only seen one of your fights, but you got skill. You got the body for it. You're a gigantic 170 guy who I heard can go down to 155, which if you can go to 155 with the build that you have right now, you are fucking going to be a Terminator at 155. I would imagine pro is is That's the goal. The plan, yeah. That's the plan at 155. All right, well, let's do this speed round with you, and let's let's get a little bit of your personality here. Number one. And I, I wrote this one because of your, your background. What is the most important supplement that someone needs to have in their diet when training? Supplement. Um, I would figure that you were a supplement guy being a bodybuilder. No, man. Honestly, I stick with real food. Like, really? All the time. Yeah. Just dieting, you know, real food, real meals. I take like multivitamins, things like that, like a multi and... Maybe are you dr- are you drinking like a dozen eggs in the morning out of a out of a beer mug? No, I used to do that back in the day when I used to eat like six times a day. Now <laughs> I've turned my diet whole around, you know, just base it more towards fighting style and because I'm training different now. You know, back then I was training just for muscle, you know, just to be big and bloated. Now I'm training agility. You know, I. I do a lot of gymnastic work now. So I do like the rings and a lot of like body weight. Cause I'm already big, you know, I don't need to put more muscle on. I just got to basically work with what I have. Sorry. That was way too long. <laughs> no, 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 that's cool. No, it's definitely um, not too long. No, no, no. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause that, that is a ba- That's basically a page right out of GSP's book. Like the greatest welterweight of all time yeah. trains like that. You know what I mean? Like you, you watch his training videos. He's doing the rings and the fucking parallel bars, and yeah. he's doing backflips and shit. Man, you, you, you don't know how strong you are until you get on those rings and try to like do a pull up or like a month. You'll be so, so you can bench three, four hundred pounds, you know. But when you get on one of those things, and you can't even do a muscle up or like a pull up, you're like, holy fuck! It, it, it changes. Back in high school, one 
one period a week, we had a thing called activity period, right? So it was like 45 minutes and some people did chess. Some people went and played basketball. There was a ton of different shit. Did you say high school? In high school. Yeah. Mike, that sounds like recess. Yeah. It was one period, only one (laughs) a week, right? Yeah. And there was all these different fucking things that people did. There was cheerleader, whatever the fucking people wanted to do, they did. They had all these different things. So there was so there was gymnastics, right? And the me and my buddies, we wanted to start break dancing, right? Because we would break dance. Yeah. And we said, you know, how could we do this? So the gym teacher's like, listen, just join the gymnastics one. They've got mats in there, so you can use the mats that are on the ground. And then, you know, you spring a fucking boom box in there, play your music and break dance. And then, you know, then there'll be gymnastics going on. So we're like, all right, whatever. You know, we'll just go off in the corner, not pay attention. Well, first of all, great idea because all the girls are doing gymnastics, right? Oh. Nothing but girls doing gymnastics. Okay. So listen, guy in high school, what I'm like, holy shit. This is as soon as we walked in, we were like, this was the best thing we could ever done. Right. So we got the music going. We're breakdancing. So they're all interested in that. Right. But then on top of it, though, they have the rings in there. They have trampoline. They got the uh, the parallel bars. They've got the horse, you know. So like after we were there for for a couple of weeks, we started trying to do that shit, too, because like breakdancing kind of goes hand in hand with gymnastics. I mean, all the floor moves and the, the, the horse like you actually had to do like a flare. If you can do a flare on the ground, you could do the flare on the horse. It is hard as hell. Like yeah. it is unbelievably hard, especially you, you watch the Olympics and things that these people do to stay on there for minutes at a time. Like no way, like seconds is hard. Yeah, man. That's what I try to do. You know, a lot of movement work and just work my body around my opponent, especially with the striking. It's, it's a dance, you know, out there you gotta, it's a, it's a chess game. You know, I'm trying to figure the other guy out and same thing on the ground. Like as soon as I get a hold of somebody, you know, I can feel my body and wrap my body around them. I can close my eyes and work around based on where their hips go. I know where to go, you know, and I feel like that all comes with movement and working it for so many years. So. Makes sense, bro. Makes sense. It's all a chess game. Number two. Here we go. Who is your favorite fighter of all time? Uh, do you call that already? GSP. There you go. There you go. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Dude, Khabib did a lot. Ben keeps talking with me and Khabib and all this stuff, but Khabib is just a powerhouse. I feel like he literally just ran through everybody, you know. And like if you watch his fights, GSP, I think he did it. I don't want to say when it was harder back in the day, but and he came back and did it again. So he did. And GSP yeah. won fights in more ways than Khabib yeah. did. I, I think that he got in more battles too. Like you can tell. You know what? We could go on for hours about that one. Yes, we I, was gonna, I was just going to say, uh, how many more fights does Kamaru need to win before we start talking about him against G- him over GSP? But we yeah. won't do that. That will be a whole nother show. Number three, if somebody handed you a briefcase and told you there's a 50-50 chance, there's a million dollars in there or a bomb that will explode when you open it, are you going to open that briefcase? Nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. money crazy, man. I don't need, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I would risk it. At this point, no, but maybe, probably not. <laughs> All right, number four. 
Number four, funniest thing you've seen happen in your gym. A funny story can be anything, but something that you just were like, wow, that was that was pretty fucked up. Oh boy. Huh. It's not really funny, but I guess a <laughs> wrestling coach, he always likes to just pressure when he shows the moves, he like shows them. 100% pressured. So literally a couple hours ago, we were just training and he was showing me like a neck crank basically with the forearm on the net on, on your throat. And, and he was showing to the guys and he was using me and he's like, you got to roll their Adam's apple. And he was rolling my Adam's apple up. Yeah. I'm like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I couldn't breathe that he was right on top. I don't know. Nah, it's, it's not really I, funny, but he thought it was funny. He does it all the he time. He gets a, I'm sure he gets a kick out of it. I had a, I had a wrestling coach at NFA back in the day in high school who had one hand, right? He had one good hand. And on this hand, he had a fucking, uh, what do you call the congenital amputee? He was born without a hand, wow. but he had these two little nub fingers on the end. Right. Oh, and this God. motherfucker loved jamming them shits in your mouth. Just oh, fucking no. dude, he'd cross face, he'd cross face you, boom, and that little fucking nub would get caught in the corner of your mouth, and he'd he'd fucking be on top of you, riding your ass, just laughing yeah. his ass off. I'd be like, You fucking sick fuck. Yeah, he would show it like three times, and then the other guy would try <laughs> and he'd be like, No, this is how I do it, and he would literally do the same thing and press it down. He's like, You gotta roll the Adam's apple, and he like he would like roll it up. I'm like, we get it. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't want anybody rolling my Adam's yeah. apple. <laughs> All right. Last question. Would you rather, you're not fighting, would you rather be watching boxing or MMA? MMA. MMA, because uh, that's what you do. Uh, I like boxing. Like, I love watching Canelo, you know. But, I don't know. Watch Jake Paul, too. But, you know. You know, we can talk about that all day, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's all, all, the, all these topics, man. They can he's just... going to come in MMA? You know what? I saw him training. Yeah, I, saw him, I saw yes, him training. Yes, but not against MMA fighters, against boxers. Dude, I know he's going to be smart, man. He's going to pull it. I don't know. I want to go ahead. Sorry. You gonna, the, you got no, it. but the thing is about Jake Paul and his brother Logan. Now, Logan was better than Jake, but Logan was like an all-state wrestling champion i remember that jake also wrestled so jake whether he was an all-stater or not he has a wrestling background he's an athlete yeah he can strike with his hands and in the videos it does look like he can kick pretty good so you know what i mean if this kid does take grappling serious and get you know get a year of jujitsu under his belt and you know if he puts his mind to him man i believe it I mean, time is everything. You know, time is all we have. So whatever you put your time into it, you know, you can do it. Like, like I put my time in bodybuilding. I did it. I'm putting my time in this. You know, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it better than anyone out there. And, you know, I think he's doing it smart. A lot of people yeah. are hating on him, you know, but. He's got the resources to go yeah. wherever he wants to. He can yeah. go anywhere he needs to go. Exactly. So he exactly. can train with anybody. Exactly, dude. Yeah. You just put the time into it. And I'm sure he'll pick smart MMA fighters, mm -hmm. you know, that, that he can beat or he thinks he could beat, you know, and go from there. Yeah. I mean, and he's not going to be fighting a Kamaru Usman. Yeah. It's not going to happen, you know. No. So that's it's the same thing in the bo in boxing. He's going to yeah. start off with somebody who might want to do MMA and that'll be like the first fight, you know, somebody that's popular. 
Yeah. And then he'll uh, go from there. But he has to fight a pro, right? Because once you go pro and and in one combat sport, you're yeah. a pro. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. can never go fight. Right, some amateur MMA guy. He's got to fight a pro somewhere. That doesn't that, matter though. That's why he's like trying to hook up with like Bellator or yeah. one of those one of those guys because you know Bellator will feed him somebody that he can beat yeah. up on. We've seen some silly shit. <laughs> you've seen you've seen yes, shit. I have. Put me in there with him. Yeah, there you go, man. You'll fight him. Shit, I know. Right, anyone fight him for the payday? Yeah, so, it's man. uh. Like like Mike said, the kid's got a kid's got a boatload of money and time, yeah. and he yeah. de- and he devotes all his money and time into training. Which, yeah. I mean, love it or hate it, man, he's doing all right for himself. He's yeah. no Stunad. I said he's a Stunad a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he's I no I take he ain't no Stunad. Look at me, I'm a Stunad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Well, hey. We're going to give you a minute, shout some people out, thank anybody you want to thank, and then uh, we'll let you get out of here, right? Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Shout out you guys for having me on here. Appreciate thank it. Uh, shout out my gym, UA. Um, always training there. Uh, shout out my girlfriend, family, friends. Uh, shout out Ben, too. He's always talking shit. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and everyone supporting me, man. Appreciate it. Uh, tune in on Friday. A week from tomorrow, we're ready to go. and. I'm excited and see you guys there. Yeah, there you go. Everybody check his social medias at the bottom. Follow this man. He's been smiling since he got on here. He's got a great personality. He's got a lot of skill and uh, it looks like he's got a very bright future ahead of him. We will see you January 20th at the weigh-ins and then we'll uh, get to see you tussle on the 21st. There it is, people. Tune in, cagewarsmma.com. Get the pay-per-view. Watch the fights. Mike and Mitch will be there live watching this guy in action. Can't wait. Cannot wait. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Have a good one. Bye-bye. I'll see you. Take it easy. All right. Woo! That was Mendy, so, man. That was Mendy Chukalevsky. Chukalevsky. Yep, that's correct. That's Mendy Chukalevsky. Remember the here. name. You know what he should do is shave his mustache off. That's the first key to becoming a world champion is to have a beard last with, night. Yep. A beard with no mustache. Ask, ask Khabib, ask Hamzat, ask Zabi, ask Ish, uh, Islam Makachev. These guys are all world beaters. Why? Is it their skill set? No. It's the chin strap beard and the fucking weird letters in their last yeah, name. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I've that's it. That's it. it. For, I've been saying it for a long time, Mike. You're damn straight. Yeah, yeah. Mendy Chugalevsky, very, very cool guy. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Quentin Henry was awesome as well. We're waiting That's on right. Alan Belcher. Alan Belcher had just got done training. Mike, any yes, word he on did. him? No, uh, he said, hey, I just finished training. He answered right away. I said, okay. He said, we're bringing on our third guest. When you're ready, let me know. Haven't heard from him since. So I don't know what he's doing, but I haven't right. heard from him. I sent out the other invite, and I have not heard back from him either. Oh, man. So, so, Mike, let's get back to our – our Batman conversation. A lot of people weren't here at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's filler time, folks. I had, I had some filler myself. Yeah. We're waiting for, we're waiting for something. The it's not really filler. Talent. It's major news. Oh, okay. major news. My friend. Oh, has, God. It's major fucking news. Oh, Hey, Joey, uh, uh, Joe Miggs, Joe Miggs, Joe I'm, Miggs. What's up? My boy, man, Joe, he says, uh, do you guys know anybody interested in making a life-size Hasbalah doll? Uh, no. I made a, watching. I, he posted a meme earlier today of Mike Tyson biting this kid. 
right? Oh, yes, I saw that. That yeah, kid yeah, yeah. That looks so like a child Hezbollah. Even though Hezbollah is already looking like a child, that looks like the Hezbollah child, right? Mm. And I said... Uh, that shit is kind of funny, though. He's yeah. crying and he's fighting his shirt. I said, is that why Hezbollah grew up to be such a miserable bastard? And uh, <laughs> that's where the idea of the full-size, body, uh, life-size Hezbollah doll, like one of those wrestling buddies. Remember those wrestling buddies back in the day? About this big? Get the Undertaker, get the Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man Randy Savage. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike, I do. Break, break some news. Break. It's not. We ain't breaking the news, but it's breaking the news on this show. Because like, we never talked about this before, but we have talked about it before because we talk about it all the time. And we posted about this and other people have talked about it, too. And everybody knew it was going to fucking happen eventually. But it's going to motherfucking happen. Boom. There it is. It's happening. That's it, what it is happening. It is happening. It is Britain Beltran versus Christine Faria 2. Dose. I know they like to say heart on that poster. And I'm gonna, they do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna speak on this for a second. I'm going to speak mm -hmm. on this for a second. Speak now, they say it's a business move. More people know her as Britain Hart. I rebuttal that. And I say they are working to turn her into a global superstar. What she is known for, she is married to Joey Beltran. Mm -hmm. Hart was a married name. Her name was Britain Hart because that was her ex's name, right? She is no longer Britain Hart. She wants to be known as Britain Beltran. She has changed all her social medias to Britain Beltran. She is very proud of the Beltran name. Do her the favor, change the poster to her actual name. So when she, if, you know, if and when or whatever you want to say, who knows who wins that one? Because Christine Faria took the last one. Britain's a different fighter now. This is going to be a fucking banger. Fireworks. Great fight. Oh, if she goes yeah. on to win and they announce the winner, Britain Beltran, and then they have this poster all over the place with heart on it, people are going to be like, what the fuck is going on here? I'm a new, I'm a brand new fan. I'm a brand new fan to bare knuckle. Is it, What's her fucking name? What's her name? She's a champion. I don't even know what her goddamn name is. Just put her fucking name on the poster. That's all. Sorry. I'd say it should be up to the, the fighter. fighter. That's what I think. I mean, like you said, it's they're building her up now, so she should be able to use the name Beltran and be fine. But listen, hey, it's not my decision. I don't fucking know. Who am I? <laughs> did I'm you some see guy. I'm Eric, just some, Eric I did. I saw that, and I was like... <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not sure why, because I'm sitting on a, like a high boy chair from a, from a bar. So like, I don't know how I got up here. Eric, why did you think he was in a wheelchair this whole time? I... <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna look at my pictures hey, on facebook yo. not all of them are from the chest up like he just doesn't know he's like i'm pretty does, sure he's does, standing but i'm not sure does mike have the upper body build of one who's been rolling around in a wheelchair Listen, you ever see family guy you mean like jacked yeah you got them noodle legs and the giant hey! <laughs> yeah <laughs> so mike they made the fight Britain versus they did I know Britain. no more Britain excuses no more Christine. managers in the friggin this fight. Uh, comments arguing with each other which I've gotten sick of over time uh, listen to me listen to me right now yes Mike Brent, I am sick it. and tired of this shit I've never seen this before in my life listen okay I don't follow around Malky Kawa and see what the fuck he's doing on comment sections but I'm gonna tell you what okay I 
since I started following this and listen, I have love for every single person. Everyone's been so nice to us. So I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I have to fucking admit, I hate when I see managers in comments on other people's pages, when they're trying to post something for their fighter, if a fighter says I'm posting this and then they're in that person's fucking comments saying, Oh, this fighter's better than you. Oh. I'm like, are you a manager or are you a fucking fan, a fanager? I don't understand it. Get in the fucking office and make the goddamn fight if that's what you want. Don't go on fucking Facebook and say, oh, I'm in Britain's fucking inner comments. I'm talking shit or I'm in Freeze Cup. Listen, if you're the fucking manager, make the fight happen instead of fucking wasting your time on damn comment sections acting like a little child. The end. I fucking I get so sick of that. I don't shit. disagree. I'm telling you, I, I hate I it so much. I do not. It drives me nuts. And I now it's all out, and I feel so much better. I do love everyone. Thank you. <sighs> <sighs> He's right, though. The you don't see my uh, I, I just don't understand. You know, you even you don't even see. Nuts. I don't see Kevin. Like you know, what I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna say Kevin Smith. You don't see him. Maybe it's because Kevin's a little uh, a little older, and he looks, you know, if it's neutral ground. It's fine. If it's uh, fans and stuff, I excuse see it. Me. But management, sometimes when I see it, it drives me goddamn nuts. Operate in silence. Like Joe, Joe Mig says right there, you got to be a gangster. You got to be operating in silence. Get behind the doors in the office to the big bosses and get the fucking job get done. done. Get the job done. And getting the job done is not going in the comments and tagging. it's really the comments on the other person's thing. It's like, listen, this is what they, this is someone's page. This is what they do. You don't need They're to be in every to comment. Themselves. Like I yes. don't, I just don't get that. That right. is something I don't understand. And you'll never understand it. Mike. No, I don't think it helps. <laughs> uh, did you just, did you just nominate next week's do not? <laughs> no, those are nah. back in it's too, you know, but I, you know, like I said, like I got love for everybody. I just felt like yeah. that needed to be said. Nah, it needs, it needs to be said. So now I'm going to ask you a hard hitting question, Mike. Mm -hmm. No, nah, I'm not going to do that. Don't, yeah, let's... The reason why is because we will stay unbiased at all times on this show. If you ask us our, our opinion on who's going to win that fight, I will not 100% will not tell you who I think is going to win that fight. And Mike won't either. So don't fucking ask. You guys don't can do that. that in the comment section. Can. You could do that in the comment section. Make sure you tag their manager so you can argue with them on the <laughs> internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fantastic because if you do that in the comments of this show, however many comments there are right now, you can multiply it by five. I like that. Yeah, Let's because do that's what will happen. Make sure you tag their managers. Um, I got an EKG today, Mike. You did. This I is weird. Did. did you? Did we talk about this yesterday with the EKG? I think I might have mentioned it. I I've been out with COVID. I've been a little fucked up. I was only fucked up for a few days, and one of those days, I happened to be doing one of these shows, and you guys said I was a little green behind the gills. Is that the 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 saying, man? <laughs> yeah, was, green behind the gills. Green behind the gills. <laughs> I was I was looking a little fucked up last week, and I really wasn't on my A game last Wednesday, and it was because I got the vid. Not yeah, you know. So I I go to go back to work, and uh, my my boss uh, my job says, hey, we, you know, you ain't supposed to be here until you're medically cleared, and that means getting an EKG. I'm like, the fuck is an EKG have to do with anything? I was healthy as shit before, and I got the fucking the vid. And, uh, 
and now it's gone. So I'm back to being healthy Kyle again. They're like, no, 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 no. Not until somebody tells you you're healthy. This guy calls me and he goes, hey, this is blah, 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 blah from the med debt. I got some questions for you. What were your symptoms? I tell him massive, you know, very, I was very tired, fatigued for a few days, massive headaches, coughing, can't smell shit. Um, how were they, were they mild? I'm like, wow, well, two out of the days I slept till noon. So I don't, and I barely ever sleep. So for me to sleep till noon, I was pretty fucking tired. He goes, oh, well then it was more than mild. You need an EKG. I was like, whoa, what? He goes, yep. If you answer any of these, any of these questions are answered with a mild or more, it's an automatic EKG. And I'm like, bro, I changed my fucking answer. Barely anything. Barely anything. <laughs> I'm going to change my answer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I want to change my answer. I never took my hand off the playing piece. I was right. Sli- yeah. yeah I was the move sli- is not made yeah, yet. Yeah. I did not move. I never took my finger off the thing. You know what I mean? It was like, okay. so anyways, they made me go get the EKG. Turns out I have a very healthy heart. I know you guys all knew that. And uh, I am cleared to go back to work next Tuesday. We have a guest in the green room right yes, yes, now. Yes. I don't see his picture on the nope. screen, though. Um, he is a longtime veteran of mixed martial arts. You guys know him from his years in the UFC. He was a top contender for a while. He was right on the doorstep of fighting for that middleweight title in the heyday fucking Anderson Silver, in, uh, Anderson Silva era of the UFC, which yep. is, you know, only killers back then. Um, that was like the wild west back then. I feel like that was the craziest time in mixed martial arts history. It was like in the beginning, it was really nuts and everything, but it, it was more like shock factor. You know what I mean? Once it started to get a little bit like molded, it got really crazy and good. And that is, man, that's my favorite time. That's like going back and looking at WWF and saying, you know, like, what was your favorite time in WWF? You know, Hulk the Attitude Era, or yeah. that's see, that's my favorite time. Yeah, you know, the but the then it did start molding itself, and we had the NWO come out, and then all of a sudden WD, WCW was a big thing. You know, because then WO, but that was the time. So that when Belcher was fighting and 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 Silva, like that was the time. That was the time, man. Well, let's I, see if if we bring him you want to message him real quick and see if his camera's on yes or? yes 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 i will right. i will yeah, actually i mean he's probably listening to us right now alan if you can hear us right now you might want to back out and then reuse the link again just to try to get your uh camera to come on it'll probably pop on <sighs> yeah um he fought tony lopez couple months back in Biloxi, Mississippi. He put on a hell of a show. It was a great way to make a first impression on the fans of the BKFC. And he's going to have another banger coming up against a fan favorite in the BKFC, Bobo O'Bannon. We talked to Bobo. When did we talk to Bobo? Last week? This week? They're all bleeding. Oh, last Wednesday when I was uh, messed up with the Rona. We talked to Bobo. And he's very excited to fight Alan. Um, want to see if we can get him in here for some audio? Yeah, why not? All right, ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is the one Alan Belcher. Here we go, Alan. 
<clears throat> what's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, what's going on, sir? Do you not have a camera? No, I haven't made it home yet. So I had a, I have like an hour drive to where I was training tonight. So. Oh damn. Um, uh, I couldn't oh, make it. I couldn't make it home in time, so I'm in my car right now. All right, all right. We'll just do it like this then. That's cool. Um, if you can hear so, yeah, we can hear you. So, Alan. Hi. Can you hear Mike? I can hear him, yep. Yeah, I got you. Let's go. All right, dude. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Uh, everybody knows Alan Belcher from your your years in the UFC and, uh, you know, making it all the way right up to the doorstep of, uh, of Anderson Silva before getting stopped by eye injury. But now you're back, you're healthy, you're big, you're strong, and you're fighting in the heavyweight division in the BKFC. Um, how has the transition been from, uh, from mixed martial arts professional to bare knuckle professional? Um, man. I, I really I'm I feel like I've just became a different person all all around. So um I learned how to train differently, learned, you know, so much about myself. And uh so I'm just I'm not really looking at it as like uh, you know, a certain you know, a sport where I I'm gonna throw all my other skill sets out the window, you know. I just I really like boxing and bare knuckle boxing because it's it's um I'm able to focus on that. You know, and it's and it's easy for me to get back into it after all these years and everything. So <clears throat> that's been part of my, my secret to my success is just really, you know, focusing on the boxing alone. Now we all know we're we're all very familiar with your your career, and we know that you had um, the issues with with the uh, detached retina back in the day. You got it fixed, and then your last fight against uh, Michael Bisping, it got reaggravated again, and then you retired from MMA. Is the eye is one hundred percent good, and that that is not a concern when it comes to bare knuckle? I I feel like that would be. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is a concern, but, you know, um, whenever you're passionate about something and you're a real fucking G, like I am, then you'd rather lose an eye than not fight. <clears throat> so, you know, the, you know, to be honest with you, it's really, it's more about, um, I think it's more about just, do I function or do, do, do I have the vision? Do I have the sight and that can be, you know, reactive and I can protect myself? Yeah. You know what I mean? And the only way we can find that out is by training every day and fighting. And, and, um, I'll tell you, dude, I've, I've done every type of brain training and eye training that there is out there. And I'm constantly studying and researching that. And I believe that we've fixed my the issues. And, we've been. Um, I've been able to get a full peripheral vision, you know, all the way across the board. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah, that quick the quick reaction. We we've been seeing all the all the videos on your Instagram and whatnot of you, you know, touching the lights with the quick reaction, uh, brain functions, vision. 
that that's uh is that something right. is that something that you recently started working into your training or is that something you've been doing this whole time oh yeah yeah everything that i'm do, doing like i'm i'm open to all different types of methods and studying tons of different things so um because i've been going hard almost like training camp for like the last year <clears throat> just training every single day getting ready to you, you know, go on this run that I'm about to go on. <clears throat> so, um, my way to progress, I've, you know, I knew that the neuro training was going to be a big part of my success um, and longevity to, like, you know, get me to, to be a top athlete at my age and now get ready for, like, another, you know, five years, three to five years or whatever. <clears throat> So um, I put that in the training right from the get-go. And my man, Robbie Ellis, the movement doc on, on Instagram, is a genius with that. So everything from the, you know, not only, not only the physical therapy and the strength and conditioning stuff and the mindset. Dude, getting into the mindset and the mentality, emotional, intelligent type of shit. And could, we could go out some rabbit holes with what me and Robbie have been working on. But um, even uh, just his ability to just research things and figure out how to fix problems has been a game changer, man. He's like, he's like my, he's MVP on the team. So um, <clears throat> we fixed this thing, dude. I can see, not only can I see better than you, I have fucking superhuman reaction and shit. And it's from training, you know what I mean? Like, my belief on all that is completely trained, changed. So before when the doctor told me that I couldn't fight, I, you know, I'm like, this is a doctor. He's telling me I can't fight, but really, you don't know, you don't really know what it means to be, you know, to be in there and needing what you need to see and everything. Yeah. So I took it upon myself to, to fix that problem and, and uh, you know, be able to fight. Yeah, you, you look great in your debut uh, in Bare Knuckle. We hadn't seen you in a long time. Um, you fought a gigantic uh, guy with 120 fights, Tony Lopez, who doesn't get knocked out by anybody. So we didn't expect you to knock him out. But you did display your skill set inside the Bare Knuckle ring. And uh, it was a great performance. Yeah. How did you feel about it? Um, I'm, you know, I, it was a mental win for me after eight years coming back and, and, um, it kind of hit me at the last little bit that I was like, man, you know, um, this is, this is a really intense way to come back because it's, it's such a different sport than MMA. Um, and, uh, you know, just all those just being rusty or not rusty, but being like out of, you know, out of the, out, off the stage for eight years. Um, but I really, I brought it all together just with a lot of mental training and, and just, just mindset, making sure that I was always just throwing out the bullshit and staying focused on, um, you know, being calm and um, going in there. And I really felt better than I ever have in any fight. Getting getting ready for the fight and going in there, I felt like uh, you know, wise, experienced, 
and um, you know, just somebody that has been doing it for a while. I feel like I didn't miss a beat at all. Nah, you didn't look like you did, Alan. I would say that you you actually look you look better nowadays. You're bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, you got the shaved head and the beard look going. I'm saying like it's a whole new Alan Belcher. But also, it, during that eight year break though, you were you were developing businesses and doing really well for yourself. Correct? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a you know, I, I'm going to do what it takes to make, uh, you know, to push whatever I'm doing. So, I mean, I, I really got into business. I had, that was part of, you know, walking away from fighting too, is um, just other, other projects and other people and other things and whatever, you know, kind of distracting me from what I was really meant to do, which is live this warrior lifestyle and continue to find out how far I can push myself, you know? No. And, uh, so I, you know, I, I, I did some other things and, but at the end of the day, man, God tells you what to do and you'll, you'll have tons of anxiety and, and it, you'll be fucked up until you do the right thing and go down the right road. So, um, you know, I said, you know what, dude, this Time to is, get back if you're going to do it, do it, do it now. Um, did some, did, yeah, did somebody approach you on coming to Bare Knuckle or did, is it something that you had been watching and drawing and growing interest in it and was like, you know what, that's what I want to do. Or did somebody approach you on it? All right. So, yeah, so that, how that happened was Bare Knuckle came to Biloxi. Biloxi is becoming like a hotbed for for MMA, boxing, and combat sports all in general. Tons of fights down here, the casinos, and, you know, the regulations were in favor of, like, Bare Knuckles. So, Bare Knuckle came to town, and, um, you know, we're excited to be, you know, get some, get some guys some work and things, you know. So, friends and guys from different gyms around my gym, some of my – you know, guys that trained at my gym and my training partners, my buddies, you know, have fought in bare knuckles. So that's how I got exposed to it, kind of being in the back and cornering some guys. And um, we got Jason Knight in there. And um, I was I was kind of negotiating with Feldman on his on his uh, on his money deal, you know, in the pay-per-view buys and things like that. And so we, we kind of re- got a relationship going and he uh, brought up the idea of me fighting a couple times uh, because he knew it'd be a, kind of like a UFC fan draw and a local draw. So it'd be like a, a win, you know? For so sure. he was looking at it from a business perspective. And um, I didn't completely throw the idea out, but I really wasn't interested in fighting at that time. <clears throat> and um, some things changed, man, and I just kind of um, decided to get in really good shape. And was just like, all right, now, now what? Let's do this. Because, you know, I was, you know, 35, 36 at that time. And I was like, um, if I go hard now, I'm going to be able to, you know, get a good, you know, a good 
um, long career, and it's almost like I took some some time off and might have avoided some damage here or there, and I let myself develop. I was fucking rushing like a madman when I was fighting in the UFC. I wanted to fight for the belt every single fight. Yeah, you know, so I, I put myself yeah. in this in this pressure situation of wanting to go straight to the top right away, and I wasn't ready. I wasn't good enough. I, my mind wasn't ready. You know, I needed to grow up. I needed to become a man. So that time off was just the universe's way of just making what happened, you know, what needed to happen to to um, help me go as far as I need, I can go in the sport. Yeah, man. It's I mean, you have a hell of a story. You had a great MMA career, like we said earlier, cut short for reasons out of your hands. But, I mean, you came back, you made a, a really great performance in your first uh, trip back on the big stage in eight years. And now you find yourself fighting a guy who happens to be one of the fan favorites of the organization that you're fighting in now, uh, Bobo O'Bannon. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bobo and um, and uh, how excited are you when they offered you that name? Did you know Bobo? Um, yeah, so I know I, – I know – I don't – if I've sparred with Bobo, I'm, it might have been once a long time ago. But I definitely have known who he is. We, we, we live, you know, maybe an hour apart. He's over in Alabama. I'm in Mississippi. Um, I remember when – Bobo was made, he was coming up the box. <clears throat> I think we might have lost him there. Alan, I think you fell off. He's still here, so maybe he hit just a spot, and then in any second now, he'll just come back and he'll be still talking as if he never <laughs> got off. That does happen sometimes. Yeah, he said hopefully. he had an hour drive, so he's probably driving through a few areas where there's not so great of internet. Right. Eric, uh, Eric Williams says, dude got a lot bigger since UFC. Yeah. Well, you know what? When he left the UFC, that was eight years ago. And um, he's 37 now. So he was 29 years old. Like he just said, he was becoming a man. So now he is a 37 year old father of two business owner. And he he's he's got grown man strength now. So yeah, he fought at 185 pounds in the hey. UFC. Hey, yeah, man. Hey, yep. yep. Yeah, we lost you for a second there, Alan. But when 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 you fell off, hey, hey, there hey guys, there. Yeah, man, what's going on? Oh, oh, shit! Look at that! Boom! We we had his face for we a had second. Audio, there. then we had his face, and and then now here we are. But I'm sure he'll he'll jump. He can hop back in. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we'll get a a quick uh, video feed going on. So so far so good. It's pretty cool to be talking to Alan Belcher right now. I mean, everybody Everyone who knows follows Alan combat sports, you, you know, you probably you got to remember, know. man, he oh, was yeah. he he was a fast riser in the UFC. He was um, he went from from debuting to like top 10, like very, very quickly. And he's back. Let's see if we got him. I'm back. Alan. What's up, dude? What's up? I made it home now. I'm in my, I'm in my car. Oh, so. Wow. Thanks for man. Thanks you for must have been driving me. fast. Ah, yeah, no problem, man. Good. We were very excited to see you and uh, talk to you. Um, when when you when your uh, signal dropped off, uh, we had just talked about Bobo Bannon being a crowd, being a BKFC fan favorite, and now getting an opportunity to fight him. 
Um, he's coming off a three fight win streak. Very impressive. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on Bobo? You fell off when you started talking. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Bobo, I know Bobo, we came up at the same time, him and boxing, me and MMA. Um, I think we sparred together one time, maybe a long time ago. Um, he's kind of like one of those guys where, you know, he's a hometown guy, same thing. So <clears throat> it definitely, um, not somebody that I would really, I would definitely didn't want to fight my first bare knuckle fight, but, um, you know, when it comes down to it, it's a business thing. And I think it's a good, it's a good opportunity for both of us, honestly, you know, it's, um, it's a good opportunity for me to, to take a, a step up and fight someone that's ranked that'll, it'll put me up higher. And, um, this is a little bit, a little bit more dangerous, you know, all that type of stuff. It's, it's a good for me. And for him, it's an opportunity because I mean, you're well known. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a name. It's a name. If, if he beats me, if he beats me, he becomes, you know, he, he's really, yeah, does, it's fucking great for him. So, hell yeah, he's going to, you better believe he's going to come and try to believe, uh, beat me, and he's going to believe that he can beat me. Well, Alan, when we were down <clears throat> in Biloxi, uh, we were there live. We covered the event. Um, and when we went to breakfast, there was a waitress, and we got to talk, and we were standing at like a bar. We were getting takeout for breakfast. And we got to talking about why we were there and everything. And we mentioned different fighters. And then as soon as we said your name, like I'm telling you, these people had no idea bare knuckle fighting. They didn't know MMA. They didn't know any other fighter on the card. But as soon as we mentioned your name, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. I know who that is. And yeah. they're like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay. So boom. Well, he's fighting, you know, a half a mile up the road. Maybe you should buy some tickets, you know? So People know yeah. who you are. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's so, you know, Bobo fought that night too. And no offense to Bobo, but like they didn't know who he was. So obviously, yeah, if he, if he fights you and wins, man, that's a, you know, it's a huge for him. So I feel like that's even more pressure on somebody like you coming in because people like know who you are and expect more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, have you paid attention? Have you paid any attention to um, any any of the media out there? I, I got to say, I don't want to, like, throw anybody under the bus, but a lot of the bare-knuckle media out there is is thinking that Bobo's – I don't know if they forget who you are or something. I swear to God, I had a conversation with someone earlier, yeah. and they're like, they're like, oh, Bobo's going to fucking sleep him. I'm like, Bobo's going to sleep him? I'm yeah. like, dude uh, – who do you think he's fighting? I, honestly, Bobo will have the size advantage because he's about 25 pounds bigger than you. But you guys are almost the same height. The reach is almost the same. He might have the size and maybe a little power because of the size. But as far as like skill set, movement, technique, the level of competition that you have fought in your career compared to his right. career, no offense to him. You have fought an extremely right. higher level of competition. So... I don't know if you heard that, but like when people say that, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are thinking. Like, I don't know how this fight's going to turn out, but I don't think he fucking sleeps you in the first round. Like these guys are talking. I don't know. <laughs> right. It's a, um, let's just say logically, and it's a very winnable fight for me. Uh, but 
this time around, man, I'm not even really looking at it like that. I don't even look, I don't look too deeply into my opponent. I know, I know what I need to do to beat him. And um, for me, it's just about creating a masterpiece, a fucking artwork performance out there. And you know what? I'm, I am slightly disappointed in my performance. Other, as far as the fighting, what I, what I did in the fight didn't feel that good now mentally mentally it was a win for me to get in there and do that um but i definitely found some things that i could i could really work on <clears throat> my calf would i had been having this calf strain for the few weeks before that so my my foot arc was a little weird and i was really moving moving my head when on that inside slip with the straight so i was really <clears throat> almost overusing that and i wasn't throwing hooks and I wasn't sitting down on my punches and some things like that. So either way, I'm, I've been progressing so fast, man. I'm, I feel like I'm getting so good. I want to just display that and see how well I can fight against Bobo, you know? Right. <clears throat> and, um, and I want to, and you know, no, no disrespect to Bobo or anything like that. Um, but I just believe I'm going to knock everyone out from now on. And that's another thing that I learned in this fight is, is that, um, you know, it's just, it's knocking people out is a different level. And I'm, and, um, I'm ready to step through that door and, and just become a fucking knockout artist. So well, um, and I've had a couple say- of boxing matches. I had had some easy opponents in since that bare knuckle fight. And that's what I've kind of been working on is like not knocking them out, but like just the whole mindset of how to throw the power shots and set down on them and stuff. So I'm, I'm using this as a learning experience, man. I'm telling you, I'm going to, I'm going to get better and better with each one of these bare knuckle fights and the boxing matches. And then about a year from now is going to be a huge payday fight in, in uh, boxing or MMA. That's my goal. I yeah. just kind of wanted to put that out there, and and and, and uh, so you can quote me on it. So a year from now, you'll see. Well, I would say um, right now in in BKFC, yes, this will only be your second your second fight. But if you win this one, you're fighting a well known heavyweight that's on a three fight win streak. That's uh, looked really well in his last three fights, and the right. The um the pool of names that are in the conversation for a title shot is pretty pretty short. You know what I mean? So like you go out there and you do your thing against Bobo, I would imagine I would imagine a title shot would be in the near future for you. Josh Burns just left. Yeah. Uh you got Dylan Kleckler, you got Frank Tate, you got a few other guys running around. Sam Shoemaker could get back in there again, but but I, I would say that this puts you right there in the conversation with a victory over Bobo. I don't know if you thought about that, or if that's been a conversation with the um, boss. I, no, 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 that's that's fine. That's cool. Um, I'm not I'm not totally concerned with that right now. I know that the no. time will come for that. Um, like I said, man, I'll trace that title shot way too hard and too fast in the, my first go around. Now I'm dealing with less time left, <laughs> yeah. but um, I have to, I have to time it correctly. You know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, do you have a, are you aware of how he is cornered? 
being being a guy who's oh, run gyms the, the, yeah. with the Bluetooth. Yeah, the headphones. Yeah, I wanted to ask you this because you you've been in the game for a long time. You've ran gyms, you've opened gyms, you've coached, you've fought. What are your thoughts on someone having a a head coach in their corner that's watching on a TV screen and talking through a Bluetooth? I mean, I think to the average person that probably seems well, maybe to the very very average person that might seem cool, but slightly educated fans and you know, people that know something probably think that that's insane, pretty fucking silly, but you know, I've learned one thing I've learned in my life is to, you know, keep an open mind. So, you know, fuck if it, if it works, maybe there's something there that I'm not seeing, but whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't have a need for that right now. Yeah. When we first, when we first talked to him, starting with it. Yeah, when we first talked to him and he told us he was doing that, we got done talking to him and I was telling Mike, I'm like, that sounds like the most fucking insane thing I've ever heard in my life. What? what? Well, we weren't sure it was legal <laughs> to begin with. Like, I, I didn't know somebody could even do that per uh, rules, you know? Yeah, Did I compared something in his ear while he's fighting. No, no, no. So no. I compared it to like no. somebody... Uh, on like an NFL football field, like if somebody's watching something on the TV and then phones down to the head coach at the on the sideline and they and they make a change in their game plan. That's the kind of way I was looking at it like okay. that. If if this coach is watching on TV and he's seeing something different and he's talking to the guy in the corner. But from from what I understand is he has somebody in his corner wearing a Bluetooth. His coach is watching it on TV. And then he's talking to the and guy. And there's a delay, too. Yeah, he has like a two or three second delay. He's talking to the guy on the headset, and that guy is communicating it to Bobo in the ring with a three-second delay. And then in between rounds, they take the headphones off, and they stick them on Bobo's head in between rounds. The dude talks to him, and then he takes the headphones off and goes back to work. Yeah. It's just crazy. I, I don't know. It seems to work for him, though. He's got three wins in a row doing it. It seems kind of egotistical to be like, I'm a fucking God coach and I should be in your ear. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Whatever. If it works, it works. But it's not going to work against me. Knock him out. His coach is, uh, just to play devil's advocate, his coach lives in, uh, I think he lives England. in the UK. Yeah. yeah, he's in England. So he yeah. can't get over here. Yeah, it's just, it's an odd, it's an odd dynamic. But It is weird. Nah, man. Uh very, very cool. To talk. Coach lives on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know what? <laughs> uh, you know, everybody, everybody always uh, knows you for if they don't know you for the fighter that you were and everything, um, they know you for the thing that is on your arm. Can we bring that up for a second? You, you, how proud are you that you have people in the comment section asking about Constant. the tattoo? They fucking love it. It's like a, it's got a cult following, man. The, yeah. the Johnny Cash. It's great. Bro, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, man. I mean, yeah, he's got his own fan club, bro. He does. Um, but uh, yeah, man, no, that's cool. That's cool. Johnny Johnny Cash is um, definitely part of my identity, man. I'm it's very, fucking very awesome. Proud. Yeah. 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 
yeah, it's awesome. It's it, I, that's kind of what I dreamed of when I got the tattoo. Actually, is like everyone always asks me like, "What's the story? Do you like Johnny Cash or whatever?" And yeah, I don't like Johnny Cash, but it's like um, this guy was gonna tattoo me, and he was like, "What do you want?" And I was like, uh, "That fucking Johnny Cash shit." And I was like, I, the, "My thought process was like, what is gonna be very memorable? What's gonna make me famous?" Kind of like everybody gets a face tat, face tats now. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll put some shit on my face and be yeah. famous, motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm. What can I get? Like, I think I like those portraits. They're always pretty. You know, that's pretty rad. So yeah, it's like Darren Till has a, a portrait of Johnny Cash. I knew I knew people would would remember what it was. You know. Yeah. Close to it. You ever see uh, you ever see Darren Till's portrait that's on his arm that everyone thinks is Paige Van Zandt, but it's just like an ex girlfriend of his. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. It's not quite as good as the uh, the Johnny Cash. Like and getting your a fucking ex's name isn't bad enough. You got to get a friggin' portrait. I mean, God, fucking Stunad. <laughs> you can do you can do things to the portrait though that you can't do to the name, like you know. Put a dick on her head and like put a mustache on her or something. Uh, true. Yeah, you could give her face tattoos. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you give her face tattoos. <laughs> a little dick right here, a little fucking crazy ass shit on her head. You know what I just noticed? I have my uh, billboard mats from Tommy Clohesse, and it just happens to be the Alan Belcher one. Look at that. That's your uh that's your I use it all the time cool. when we do the sh- I use it all the time when we do the show to put my drink on, you know, as a coaster and it's happens that's to be we have one. a few of them out there. Yeah, that's right. Look at that. Boom. <laughs> what do I just got? noticed that shit? Yeah. Just noticed. Yeah. Every time Dude, we go there, new, you know I need new photos and shit for for what? We lost him. Again. I was gonna say I need I um, I can't wait to get new photos and everything. I look a lot different than I did in my debut. I've yeah. lost a lot of weight and became more lean. And now I'm you... com- like, um, I'm getting USADA ready. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. So beautiful. <clears throat> um, uh, that, that's a process. So you were two thirty one last fight. You you looking to come in a little less than that? You saying you saying like you know. Are you looking to be a little yeah, smaller or just leaner? I was uh, – oh, no, I've been in the 222, 223 for about a month or two now, holding right there, and I got as low as 219. And then I just kind of fattened myself up to, and, and kind of did some heavy lifting and things in the last couple of weeks just to get ready for training camp. And now I'm going to kind of slide down to the 220 mark and come in like a fucking – machine is that where you want to stay for the remainder of your career or would you consider going down the 205 yeah i mean well what what i figured out was that at 220 that's where i have um the the my maximum amount of explosion and and speed for knockout and i can control my body the way that i want to but I have enough power to wrestle them and enough power, you know, to obviously hurt them with body shots or whatever. And just so happens it's, it's in range of like, you know, cruiserweight and two Oh five. And before I wasn't even thinking about that, I was like, I'm just, if I'm gonna do this again, I'm just going to do heavyweight. 
But now that I really am enjoying being at this 220, and it looks like that's where I'm going to stay from now on with like my, where my hormones are, you know, my hormone levels are not, my testosterone is not like super jacked up. <clears throat> it was higher for my, my last fight, I would say, because I've been kind of getting lower and lower. But now, um, and you'll see when I fight too, um, I don't look like I'm all juiced up on steroids. Before a lot of the lifting style and things that I was doing with bodybuilding, because I was, I've been doing bodybuilding type of aesthetic training also with, with athletic training. And I've, I've pretty much given all that, sacrificed all that. So um, I'm not going to be as pretty, but <laughs> actually but, I do think I'm still pretty. But you'll be more explosive. I, I, so, so now, now this makes it even more interesting to, to know that, Bobo comes in around 255-ish, 250, 255-ish, and you're going to come in there 220. There's going to be a – I hope dis- he comes in heavy as shit. Yeah, I, I think that there's going to be a a massive distinct but, Yeah, let me there. tell you what a lot of people don't – what a lot of people don't realize um, about fights and uh, this one, this one especially. This is a fight – if Bobo could get his weight down to where I am by the fight, He'd be a bad motherfucker. He ain't going to do it, though. He's going to come in heavy. He's going to be slow. And I'm going to hit you in the body, Bobo. I'm going to hit you, bruh. Yeah. I'm going to test it. Dude, I, I cannot freaking wait for this um, fight. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great fight, it's though, gonna man. Awesome. It's going it's to be a good one. Oh yeah, the entire event, man. They they've built a nice card around you guys. I mean, the have I mean the the main event, the title fight, Caleb Harris and and Alvin Brito Brito's yep. going to be great. Um you got uh freaking you guys, you got Quentin Henry, yep. Quentin Henry and Chris Saro. Yep. Yeah, we love Caleb is uh yeah. he's really oh. coming out of his shell too as a personality. He he's a great interview right now. You you know who looked good uh, yeah, he's a against good dude. Professional top athlete. You know who looked good against top talent in the women's division? Hannah Guy. How about that? Five yeah. rounds. She yeah. Yeah. What did you think about that, man? Yeah, she, she, she did. And, and she she took that fight on like two weeks' notice, right? Yeah, she did. You know, um, she did it for the experience to, you know, put herself in a pressure situation, no matter where she's going in life, whether it's MMA fighting or wherever, whatever she decides, I was like, do, do this for the experience, you know, do this for the experience. And she, yeah, she gets it. Yeah, she um, did great. It's about do you think that it- lifestyle and having that type of heart, it's not about the money. It's not about, you know, it's kind of like putting yourself in a situation where you're not, that's not your comfort zone because she's not a boxer, you know, she's a grappler. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but it made her level up really fast. Her skills in, in two weeks training for that was leveled up quick because you have to. Well, she right? hung, yeah, she hung in there um, for five now, full rounds with, with uh, one of the top three girls in the division. So that's something to be proud of for sure. She, she looked great and uh, showed a massive amount of toughness for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's she's a little badass. And she could do she could be really good at it too. Uh, she's going to be awesome in MMA for sure. Right. Is, was that like a one and done thing for her, you think? Um, 
I I think so for now. She's um she's not in a real big hurry to get back in there, you know. And I I don't blame her. She's get she needs to. She got that experience. Um, but you know you don't want to keep going in there and getting hit. I think she might do it again later when she gets slick enough to not get hit that much. You know, when in her sparring sessions she's not getting hit and she's doing MMA fights and not getting blasted. Yeah. You know, because um, yeah. That's not what that's not what fighting's about, right? You want to try right. not to get hit, right? Yeah, and uh, that's a that's a rough that's a tough sport to uh, to avoid getting hit. <laughs> it's a small circle. <laughs> you're, you're you're inside a Maybe small so ring. Not to get hit and bare knuckle. Right. It's a it's a small piece of uh, real estate, and the it's two rounds. the The pace is insane. Um, yeah, people people get their. Um, their eyes really get open to the sport once they once the first bell rings and they knuckle up for sure. Yeah, Mike, what were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say I think this I think that this sport is going to blow up. We're at the early stages, and I do think, like Kyle said, once people start seeing this sport, it does it opens people's eyes, and they're like, "Holy shit!" Because I know I fell in love with it immediately, and it's just a matter of time before you know, it has that snowball effect. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the early stages of like mid nineties. Uh, actually it's progressing faster than like the UFC did in the early days for sure. Right. It's, it's right. progressing much faster and it's becoming much, a much bigger sport faster than MMA did because at the beginning, everybody wanted to call it cockfighting and shit. And we didn't have social media either. We had none of this. So you couldn't show people. You just had this, Hey, UFC won all, you know, anything goes and then they got canceled basically and nobody would ever play it anywhere. So that, that that's, that's not how it is nowadays. You can put it on YouTube anywhere. It's, it's here. It's in, you can put it in people's faces. So yeah, man. looking forward to your fight. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Everybody better be tuning in. Yeah. So, we're going to, Hey, uh, can I ask you a couple like off the wall questions that really don't have anything to do with fighting? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do sure. this. Let's do a speed round. You, uh, number one, you ever put ketchup on steak? Fuck. Every steak. once in a while, if the steak is really overdone and fucked up. Okay. <laughs> but no, that's not a normal thing. No, that's not a normal thing. If it's a I, shit steak, <laughs> grab the ketchup. <laughs> I, uh, there's a, there's a funny story about that. The reason why I asked this question to people is I, I got these real nice steaks one night. I had my, uh, my mother-in-law came over to have dinner with me and my wife, real thick cut, uh, real nice steaks cooked a medium rare. They're perfect. She sits down at the table and she's like, uh, where's the ketchup? And I'm like, uh, what? I'm like, we don't, we don't fucking do that here. She was like, well, I'm not going to eat it without ketchup. I'm like, well, then you're not gonna, you, I said, you'll never fucking eat steak again in my house. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> anyway, number two, here we go. Best piece of advice that you can give to an up and coming fighter. Trying Wait, you to didn't really do that to your mother-in-law, did you? No, oh, I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't. Kick, no, 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 no. But I did tell her, Alan, she, I said, no, no, no. We don't put ketchup on steak in this house. We don't do that shit. No way. I'm like, especially not that steak. She got up from the table, walked to the fridge, got fucking ketchup, came back, sat down, put ketchup all over that shit. And I was like, I, t I said, that's the last steak you'll ever eat in my house. I love your daughter. 
<laughs> now she lives downstairs half the yeah, day. Yeah, now right? she now now she lives downstairs. I swear to God, she's no downstairs for right her. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking goddamn it. Anyways, Ooh. that's a that's a sour spot in my life. Here we go. Number two. <laughs> it really, you could tell it really affected him. Uh <laughs> best piece of best piece of advice that you can give to an up and coming fighter trying to make it in MMA. Uh, don't get your feelings hurt very easily and, uh, you know, just, just get, stay, stay calm in the long, long run. Don't, don't, uh, don't get too, don't get too tied up in the, the ups or the down. Don't believe all the hype. And whenever you lose, don't get down in too much of a hole because it's everybody loses and just keep going. Right. Don't try to that's, win that's the world. That's my best advice. That's, that's look great. longer term. And don't try to fight the best person in the world every damn fight like I used to. That's what I was. I figured you know, that's what you were going to say earlier. Level, deflate your ego. Deflate your ego a little bit, and you know, fight fight a lower level competition because you're a lower level competition than what you think actually. <laughs> yeah. So that's a freaking great great piece of advice. Number three, what is your favorite fight? What was your favorite fight during your time with the UFC? Do you do you have one that was like your favorite fight of all time? Uh, it has to be it has to be Huzimar uh, Payares. That's my. That was um, that was a really really fun, rewarding victory that yeah. I put in the work for, and everything came together at the right. It's like one of those that you you just keep trying to have that training camp and peak for the fight and. Do, do the things that you practice. That's the one that I, that just, you know, nailed it. And it was, you know, I didn't just like demolish them. Right. It was a struggle. It was a struggle, the whole thing. And, and also everybody else loves it so much. And I get that, you know, when someone recognizes me, that's, that's what they say first, you know, yeah. is that fight. So it's kind of, it's a big, big part of my career. So that's definitely, that's definitely my, my favorite fight. And and he's let's be honest, he's not the most liked person in the world. So no, he's I'm not. sure I'm sure a lot of people got some joy out of out of seeing that. You know what I mean I got to play the hero. I got to play the good guy in that that episode. You know? <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. All right, here we go. Non fight question. Which Disney princess would make the best MMA fighter? Because I have a daughter. I know you've got a daughter. Look at so oh. Disney princess time. Uh huh. Um, that would be the the, the redheaded one from the um, brave. The um, oh. the uh, oh, bow and arrow. What was her name? Yeah, brave. Bra- yeah, uh, brave. Yeah. What? What's braveheart? Brave. Yeah, brave. Mirda. Mirda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely you know her because because she was a she was a badass and and she's Irish or Scottish or some bullshit like that where they they know how to. <laughs> take punches to the face and die <laughs> and uh, fight to the death and stuff with bare knuckle boxing. I forgot all about her. So, yeah. When, when we were coming up with these questions, yeah, uh, I thought Mulan would be like the, the uh, go-to answer, but brave, the chick from brave, that's a good question. A good answer. And the last one for you, sir, I saw you training the other yeah. day and I had to ask you this question. Would you rather train at Cobra Kai, Miyagi Do or Eagle Fang? <laughs> oh shit 
what the what is Eagle Fang? Oh, you haven't you're, you're not caught up on the uh, Cobra Kai. I see Johnny Lawrence has split away. I've watched a couple of episodes, but I, I don't really watch TV that much. So Johnny Lawrence <laughs> is no longer Cobra Kai. He started his own dojo called Eagle Fang, and it's got this ridiculous <laughs> eagle on it with oh, okay. fangs. And uh, everyone, everybody, I wa- I've watched enough episodes to see which, which way they're going with the with his character and all that type of stuff. So yeah, I would have to say no with that. Um, <laughs> but um, dude, you know what I always say is is like, um, I'm Miyagi Do and Cobra Kai, so. What's the motherfucker going to do? Yep. You know what I'm saying? I train it both. You get that, the balance. (laughs) Yep. That's right. The yin and the yang. The yin and the yang. You got the balance of offense offense and defense. defense. (laughs) You know what Johnny says? The best defense is a good offense. (laughs) Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you for uh, more, more offense. Yeah. <laughs> put him in a oh, body bag. Put him in a body bag. Now, uh, thank you for giving us some of your time. It's, it's a real honor to talk to you, man. We've been fans of yours for a long time. Um, you wanna you wanna give us a final prediction for you and Bobo on January 29th in Jackson, Mississippi? One hundred percent gonna be a knockout in the first or second round. Yeah. For sure, I'm still learning bare knuckles, so I can't I can't call my round. I'd like to do it in the first, but I'm gonna get him out of there by the second. <clears throat> but that's just that's just the mission I'm on, guys. That's just where I'm at in my life right now. Is I just I'm gonna knock everyone out. It doesn't matter who it is. I love it. Man. Um, I like Bobo, but everybody's getting knocked out from now on. So knock out by the second round. Yeah, well, yeah. you you can be friends after. You know, it's a it's a it's a sport. You can be friends afterwards. There we go. There you go, buddy. Oh, 100%. Yeah, everybody, uh, make sure you are following Alan Belcher Official on Instagram. You can see all his training videos and all the cool shit that he's doing nowadays. And make sure you tune in. Thank you very much for coming on. It was an honor to talk to you again. And we'll uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. All, all right, right, man. Take Have it a good easy. one. Take Have a good easy. night. Bye. Yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. Another UFC vet coming through. Yeah, it was very cool. Very, very cool. Add yeah. someone else to the uh, to the list there. We've talked to many, many people. And I thought it was cool. See, I thought we lost him earlier because he was going to come on and then something happened. And but boom, here we are. So two hours and 25 minutes into the show. And I think it's time that we retire for the night. Kyle, what do you say? What happened to our fourth guest? I don't know. No call, no, no show. God damn it. No okay, so here's here's the deal. I was Last gonna night. I was gonna suggest to him that when not when we get to New York, myself, Kyle Glasheen, Kyle Kyle Kaler, we all get together. We slam some we slam some monsters, we punch some drywall, punch drywall. we talk shit on our dads, you know what I mean? And and we fucking Glasheen do- might not show. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We do so. We do some fucking straight Kyle shit, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could do Kyle shit, but this one Kyle, man, he just doesn't want to, doesn't want to show up. I don't know what's up. I don't uh, know. Maybe something's going on. Maybe not. I don't know. Nah, but he did not he, show. He, hey, he's got a fight in a week. He's he's got a fight in a week. He's so we'll see him in a week. week. We'll get it. We'll get an interview then. 
So thank you very much to Quentin Henry. Always a great interview. Thanks for coming through. Good luck to you and Chris Sorrow on the 29th. Thank you very much to uh, Mendy Chukalevsky. 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 I said it so good earlier. Chukalevsky. There he is right there. Quentin Henry, Chris Sorrow, January 29th. Make sure you tune in into that one. Thank you, Quentin, for coming through. Thank you to Alan Belcher for coming through. Giving us the interview. He will be fighting Bobo Obana January 29th. That's going to be a banger. Everyone, uh, you know, boy, there's a lot of mixed opinions on the outcome of that one. And we just asked him, and the guy himself said first or second round knockout. That's what he said. If you are knocking out. I heard it. If you are knocking out. A big man, a big country boy like Bobo Bannon, you are packing some fucking thunder in that goddamn hand of yours. So best of luck to Alan and Bobo in that one. Yep. And um, thank you, Mendy, for coming on. Make sure yep. you guys are following all their all their social medias. Make sure you're liking and sharing this uh, this this uh, broadcast. And That's make right. sure like, do, share, subscribe. Yo. Go to YouTube if you didn't subscribe on YouTube. Please go to YouTube and subscribe. Help your Boys, make some money off of this YouTube channel. Please get over there and do that. Make, make, make Let's keep growing this thing. We're With that there. said, close. thank you very much. We have two or three fighters for next Wednesday. I know Ryan Jones is coming through. We got a couple more Cage cage Wars fighters coming yes, through. Yes, we do, Almaro. Almaro. And- so we got Jeremiah Riggs from BKFC. He'll be fighting in BKFC on the 29th, right? Ryan Jones, we all know who that is. He will fighting also Boss be Hog. fighting. He's fighting Boss Hog. And then we have Cage Wars, Al Morrow. That's on the 19th, the day before we leave to go to Cage Wars and cover that shit live. It's going to be awesome. With that said, we are excited. Thank you guys for tuning in two nights in a row. It's been two hours and 28 minutes, and you're still with us. Thank you very much. We love you. Peace.